0: This is the Patriots Catch Twenty Two Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I'm Evan Lazar. Hello everybody. Nailed it. Joined as always by Alex Barth. That's
1: a
2: that's a match. No
1: Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. It's so much easier to move forward as a football team if you don't need to draft a quarterback. It's so much easier. Oh,
3: yeah. No, then then Marvin Harrison Jr. is right. back on the table. Joe Alt, right. Ola Fashawn are on the table. Right. Jared Verse, if you want to go there. I, I wouldn't, but I think some it, people a will. A tackle or
1: wide receiver is on the table. You're going to like Jared Verse. people don't know who any of these people I'll, are. I'll, I'll right? fast a ta- forward. A tackle or a wide receiver is back on the yeah. table. That That is very true. But at, at two and six, we're getting to the point where maybe we should know who these people are. Yeah, that's that's all I've been trying to tell you. Are we getting there? That's all I've been trying to tell you. you. Here, here's my thing, and I, I, we were texting about this last night. Here, here's my thing about the draft: is that if I start looking at the draft now on November second, by April, I'm gonna be so drafted. Like we're gonna talk about the draft on this show for four straight months. But you know, we're. I don't wanna. I'm not sure yet, so I don't wanna. But there could be another. Another Shrine Bowl like trip coming up for us mm, come January. Interesting. Uh, that's a little tease. That's on a, that's not a promise, so don't hold me to that. Uh, but it's it's in the works. Okay. So th- we're gonna have plenty of draft, right? And, yeah. and so if I start talking about the draft now, then lord help
3: me so here's 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 what i'd say to capture that by the way i love how you didn't even introduce the show or introduce uh, I, I was us getting there. we literally uh, just picked up i was getting there the, like a conversation we're having over text i walked in here and we're just rolling from that Yes, we are. Uh, for people who would think that the show's inauthentic or anything uh, you you usually get started in like february right with the draft as soon as
1: I give myself like a week to okay. to take a break from watching film after the season ends. And then, so yeah, when we go to the shrine bowl last year, that was my okay. start. And
3: you're yeah. usually pretty filled in by the time yeah. we get to, to the draft. Yeah. Think about how much deeper you can get into it now. No. If you start now. Oh God,
1: I understand what you're saying But my, Be ahead of the curve You my won't have affinity me taking For these, the draft
3: Only goes so far You know what I mean You like, won't have I me, me Taking these victory laps On you of like Oh you are you just discovered This guy and it's great I discovered him Two months ago You can do the uh, we, we can get all the Recency bias out of the way That's true And then we can actually Talk about these guys Like on a level playing field
1: <laughs> I will say this though it, it, And it is Evan Lazar And Alex Barth Here on Patriots Catch 22 For the next couple of hours uh, we, we have a lot of Patriots stuff That I want to talk about But this is This is uh, you know something that's that's on both of our minds let's face it you know the draft and uh the patriots at two and six are holding i think the fifth overall pick in the draft right now if i'm not mistaken um if the draft were to be uh tomorrow uh, let's say and or uh, maybe it's sixth fifth or sixth somewhere like that it's and the second what yeah, never mind it's not the second today no i'm saying the draft pick that they would have oh okay this is this right, is classic right, us. what a start what a continue. start off the rails already uh so uh, yeah who's on first i don't know yeah is. i think it's the fifth pick because the commanders have the 11th pick and they were six picks apart when i wrote my my game preview yesterday so i think it's the fifth pick
3: it's the fifth
1: yeah and uh let's face it that's that's a reality that we are walking in right now that it might be more important to start looking ahead to 2024 and this team in 2024, and that was sort of my. I think it's interesting. and This isn't where I was going to go with this, honestly. But the the open got me here already. Uh, it, the The difference in approach between the Commanders and the Patriots at the deadline is very interesting, right? The Commanders, it's noticeable. Sold. They sold yes. Chase Young and Montez Sweat off. Uh, they are on to 2024 in Washington, and they're they're three and five. Uh, they're they're pretty much in the same spot, but not exactly. They have one more win than you. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed by how they played Philly. Now you played Philly close too, so I, I guess maybe uh, both teams. But Call can- the
3: Patriots you like you're not a team employee.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes. calm down, Felger. Uh, does he do that? Oh yeah, that's oh. like textbook Felger. Oh no, okay. I haven't. Uh, that that's bad because I actually was gonna was gonna go someplace uh, that that Felger went this week. So, anyways, uh, they scored 31 points though a- yeah. against Philly. You did not score 31 points against Philly. You did not. Uh, I just did it again. Now you're in my head. <laughs> the Patriots did not score 31 points against Philly. So I have a take, and uh, we're going to get to this in in a little bit. It's not where I wanted to to start off the top. I do have a take about Eric Bieniemy, who okay. I watch a lot of Commander's film for you all you. So I'm not talking about the Patriots. For I'm the talking fans. about the No, you're addressing the listeners. the listeners. You can call the listeners you. That's fun. Okay. For all you fans and listeners out there, so you didn't have to go and watch washington commanders football and sam howell you're welcome because let me tell you watching the patriots offensive tape from miami and then following that up by watching some commanders offensive tape it wasn't exactly a great time on monday at at the lazar gerton household so you're welcome you're welcome uh we're doing a service for the people but uh, it was a stark difference, and we'll talk about that, and and talk about the twenty twenty four outlook and the trade deadline. We'll talk a little bit about Josh McDaniels, and that's where I wanted to start because you know I'm a McDaniels guy. Yeah. I, I like McDaniels. I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. Obviously, separate, I, they're they're two different jobs, and I I we I know we say this all the time to to kind of uh, hammer this home, but. Being a head coach of a football team and being an offensive coordinator are two different jobs.
3: There are some guys that are great coordinators, and that's yeah. just what they are.
1: And that's what he is. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he's a terrible head coach. And uh, I'm reading a lot about what went on in, in Vegas, uh, you know, I read uh, Breer had some good stuff on it. Uh, Vic Tarfer, who's a, a local uh, beat guy. I'll, I, you know, kind of like they're Mike Reese. You know, he's he's as plugged in as anybody out there in Vegas. I thought he had a really nice uh, piece about it on The Athletic. Uh, as about long as he didn't happened. fall for
3: the uh, PFT comment or what. Did you see that one going around I did. yesterday? did, And I, at first, and they're I, so good. I will say, he's at, so good at that.
1: At first, when I was reading it, uh, I'm not knowing mcdaniel's the very little that we know mcdaniel's yeah. i was like i could see him being a big halloween guy he's kind of yeah. a goof like i could see that and then as i was reading it i was like okay no never mind
3: like this is this is definitely He got fake. so many pft got so many people yeah that was really funny
1: yeah so uh, i i think that um you know reading about it and I, I sent you a screenshot of one of like the the graphs from uh from uh vick's article about it and it was Sounded kinda similar. Like yep. you know, no social media, long meetings, long days, a lot of hours at the office, uh hard practices, like these are that's the Patriots, right? It's, we
3: we heard it about Patricia, we yeah. heard it about Joe Judge, we heard about a lot of these guys that went elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Uh but my bigger question with McDaniels being uh canned and uh where we go from here uh with the Patriots and how this relates. And this, I, I told you, I, this is something that I know that, that your shows uh, have been discussing. And uh, I, I think Bedard might have been the first one that brought it up on his Tuesday uh, segment, which I like listening to. Uh, and uh, he talked about the Patriots offense, you know, the McDaniels, O'Brien Patriots system. yeah, And is this system extinct? And extinct's a big word, right? I, I don't know if it's necessarily extinct, but you look at two guys in O'Brien and McDaniels that are trying to to run this system uh, still, and they're two of the worst offenses in the NFL. They're 30th and 31st in scoring. I know Brian Dable and Giants are 32nd and he's like Patriots adjacent. Uh, There's definitely a lot of uh, Patriots elements to Dable's offense, but I, I think that he's really more McDermott Buffalo as well as Patriots. So I, I'm not going to uh, completely give that to, to the Pats, but it's it's Patriots adjacent, no doubt about it. And those three systems are 30th, 31st, and 32nd in scoring in the league. And uh, this kind of my, – my big thing about this Miami game that, that was so frustrating to me uh, at watching this game and then watching it back on, on film is that nothing – literally nothing from the Buffalo game carried over
3: nothing like they they didn't execute you're ex- talking schematically just no I'm talking execution okay well because yeah. I'm saying like like we still saw like Michael and when we were right tackle. no
1: no like no that, schematically okay. they tried like they they picked up the Buffalo game plan and they put it in to Miami yeah they tried to dial up some more shots I would say against Miami than they did against Buffalo but on the whole the the game the very first play of the game in both games is exactly the same play.
3: Okay. <laughs> like I get it, what you're saying. Yeah. All it, right.
1: You know, like it, it from a play calling schematic standpoint, exactly the same. The execution could not have been more jackal and Hyde. And my my question and I asked Mac about the pre snap stuff, and I, I have a take on that on all of this that connects. My question isn't necessarily is it extinct to the point where it's no longer schematically sound? Cause I don't think that's the case. I think it's still a sound system, but is it extinct to the point where you can't execute it week in and week out? It's inconsistent because there's so much moving parts. Their quarterback at the line of scrimmage. Most of the time, there's like two plays that the quarterback has called in the huddle. There's a run play. Yeah. There's a pass play then there's checks then there's a, a, a whole alert system based off of how the defense is aligned uh mic protections you know things like that and it, yeah the, the, <laughs> we're getting drilled I, I don't know if people can hear that over the air probably and uh marine's on the case he just he just went out to, to yeah, doing some
3: construction out here yeah
1: there's all sorts of different things and that's just okay that's pre-snap right and, you know you got to get yeah. the, the, the team in the right play And and what I see from Mac is, you know, he's already been called for a couple delayed games, first of all, trying to get the team into the right play. And second of all, I, I, I see, like, he's frantic. You know what I mean? Like, he's at the line of scrimmage, and he's making all these checks, and he's making all these calls, and he's waving all this motion. And, oh, then a receiver comes in motion, and then... It shows to the the offense like oh they're in man okay well we then we now we have a man call so now we have to alert to the man call or like I, I want to you know uh, hot route it or I want to you know uh, set a certain route because it's man coverage now so I'm checking to a, a fade or I'm checking to this and then okay and then the ball snapped and we're we've already done 17 things before the ball is even snapped and then the ball snapped and then after the snap the quarterback and the receivers have to see everything the same way the routes convert. The quarterback needs to be on time. The receivers need to be running the proper routes. Like, all of these different things need to happen. And I think that, you know, I I know your station and Felger and his take on it is that there was only one quarterback that could execute it at a high level, and it was Brady. And I think there's something to be said for that. But I think it goes beyond just the quarterback. I think it's the whole thing. And I I just wonder if the inconsistencies that we have seen are obviously – reflective of the talent on the field there, there there's definitely that element to it where players that are not very talented aren't going to be able to execute it in you know every single week every single play inside and out but I also wonder at uh, to a degree how much uh, overthinking is going on in this system like if we're uh, you know last example then I want to get your your take on this yeah pop Douglas who I, I think it's so hard to point any fingers at pop Douglas because he's probably their most dynamic player on the field on offense right now. Yeah. And it's, that's very, especially without Kendrick. Bourne. That's very crystal clear. Uh, when you watch it, how he moves differently than everybody else on the field. But even he has a lot of route running miscues on tape. And you just wonder pop Douglas, Kayshawn booty, Taquan Thornton, like all these guys that you've drafted the last couple of years, are they being held back by the fact that they have to basically play 3D chess every passing play when the ball is snapped? And I don't know. I I'm getting to the point where I think that a lot of there's obvious advantages to the way that they do things. If you're playing against a team and you're it's man coverage you want to run away you want to break away from man if it's zone you want to sit against zone like those are things that are in pretty much every NFL offense but I think a lot of the different moving pieces and moving parts uh, sometimes can be more cumbersome or bogged down players and bog down the quarterback who isn't seeing it quickly enough right now and isn't reading the field very well and I wonder if he's Mac is so just his brain is moving at like a thousand miles an hour yeah overwhelmed and uh i am not making excuses for for the talent i'm not making excuses for the players uh, but I, I think that there's more to this story than simply just max sucks and i feel like the the only way that you can be right right now uh for for a lot of people is if you just scream and yell that the quarterback stinks and they need to move on and it's over and he's terrible and if you there's no nuance right like you can't have an in-between take you can't have a opinion that's that has any sort of context to it uh you just have to say he stinks and I I I think that there's a lot more to it than that and I now that McDaniels failed in in Vegas I'm starting to wonder if this system needs to adapt
3: and change and I think some of it is on top look they they did things with Brady and and there were benefits for Brady not just the processing power he had but being in it for 20 years and building on it and building on it and building on it jimmy garoppolo is a guy that was in that system yeah right so he had some experience and he and has and he looks, looks
1: exactly he, the same like i watched the raiders Matt jones you're saying yeah he yeah. looks skittish he looks uncertain his eyes are everywhere like he looks exact and, and i think you can make some some correlations to the offensive line play if you want as well and say that both offensive lines have been putrid and that's part of it but Jimmy is you know a lot of those throws uh to Devonte Adams that that everybody is like freaking out about the deep balls and stuff like that yeah they're they're bad throws like he's' is inaccurate on the pass I'm not trying to say that 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 it's this deep but at, at the same time he's late to a lot of it you know what I mean like he's not seeing it quickly enough and then I'll, then he sees it and then he's trying to you know kind of hit it late in the down. And I, I, they look if you watch Jimmy Garoppolo and you watch Mac Jones and you and you kinda of take off the jerseys for a second, they it looks like the same guy. They're both frantic and all over the place.
3: Remember when everybody wanted Jimmy Garoppolo back this offseason? I, we, don't plays need, Mac Jones? we don't I know, I know. That. I had to, I had to. Um no, I, I think that the receiver thing too that you talk about is on top of the Patriots system being more complicated the college systems have become less and less complex yeah. for wide receivers so the growth curve uh, or, or the, the need to improve is, is the gap is even wider now than it was 10 years ago so yeah i i think there is something to that now is there a simplified version of the system that they could run I, that's probably what they're running maybe it needs to be simplified more does it work when it gets simplified more at the nfl level that's i mean we could debate that for hours but yeah yeah it, it it does feel like they're just trying to catch some – they it, it the offense looks overwhelmed the offense yeah. a lot of the time and this is going back a few years now has looked overwhelmed.
1: yeah I mean when O'Brien says that it's very very inconsistent that's what he said on Tuesday yeah and I just when he says that I I don't I think that a lot of that inconsistency is they're just not doing things correctly you know in, in terms of the actual play call like the design of the play is not is not being run correctly and when you watch mac jones a lot of what i'm seeing with mac on film is that there's a lack of anticipation and a lack of trust and a lack of uh Understanding, you know, this guy's gonna break this way, that guy's gonna break that way, and here if I hit my back foot and I throw this ball now, or if I hit, wait for the second window and then I throw this ball like that. This is where it's open, right? Yeah. And and, and those are the types of throws when you watch good quarterbacks, like when you watch Tua, for example. Everything is with anticipation. Everything is with on time, and I think with Mac, it, nothing is on time right now. There, there's no anticipation, and there's a lot of throws on this game film against Miami that are open, that, that are there plays that he left on the field, that if he's throwing it on time with a little anticipation, uh, with a little bit of foresight into like where the defense is going and things like that, then he's going to be able to hit these throws. And I, I I just worry about that with the system in general. And I want to read this answer from, Mac yesterday when I asked him about the the pre-snap stuff because to me this is a, I think a, a big issue and I I know that uh, JT O'Sullivan has talked about this in a lot of his Mac breakdowns on the QB school like there, there there's just 17 things to do pre-snap and and I remember Mac said a couple weeks ago that, about his pre-snap checklist and I I, I followed up with him on it he wouldn't he didn't want to go into detail of exactly what that checklist is but his checklist has got to be like five things longer than any other quarterbacks right like yeah. yeah it's just there's too much there's too much and he said you know I think that's a big part of the offense and as the quarterback that's something that you want that's something that you need to learn how to do quickly you some teams uh, are doing things to slow it down so I just need to figure out how to play faster pre-snap and I think there's different ways to do that schematically and also from a mental standpoint uh, that's definitely a good point. I feel like I can improve in that area. So he says he wants to play faster pre-snap. If I was the Patriots coaches, and if I was Bill O'Brien, I would want to slow him down, not speed him up. Right? Unless that's <laughs> in
3: reaction to the, um, like all the all the uh, delay game penalties.
1: I think it is, but I but I, I get what
3: you're saying. You're not wrong. I wanna
1: um, I would want to strip down his responsibilities pre-snap. Right. And I think you look at a lot of these offenses that that run uh, really well nowadays, like the Shanahan offense or the the Reed Tree, uh, which we're going to see this weekend on Sunday. Uh, Those two offenses, they have similar conversions and they have similar things going on, I would say, but at the same time. It seems like everything is a lot more stripped down and a lot more simplified, but it still works. Right, it's not like so simplified like last year, so simplified that it didn't it didn't work. Right, but I think that these offenses are able to simplify it and it's able to work. Uh, I, last thing here on on um, Mac, and then I, I want to get into three up three down, and then we'll take your calls of eight five five Pats five hundred. We got some emails to get to at web radio patriots dot uh, I I just. I do really think that this is a big nine games for Mac Jones. I, I've i given him as long of a – I think we – I don't want to speak for you, but I think we have given him as long of a leash as maybe anybody to try to prove to so us. That's what
3: they say on Twitter that, <laughs> and in the YouTube comments.
1: Uh, that's I, I think we've given them a, him as long as, of a leash as anybody to prove to us that he is I, – I would say like a franchise guy is maybe a, a stretch, but just – a guy that you can win football games within this league and, and build around a little bit. And uh, I'm running out of time. I don't know about you. Like, I feel like as much as I hold a lot of the personnel stuff and I just talk a lot about the scheme and the system uh, against the coaches and against Bill Belichick and against the talent evaluation of this team and things like that. I, I do definitely think that he's basically got nine games to prove to me that he can start playing winning football because he hasn't really played winning football uh, I would say outside of maybe maybe I'd give him two games if you want to give him the well, Philly they I mean they've
3: won two games
1: I don't think he played winning football I don't no know I, I agree with you
3: I it's two maybe three I, I I think time's running out is the way to put it I'll just kind of go with what I've said before and what I said coming into the season max job this year better or worse regardless of what the team put around him was to keep them out of position of drafting his replacement. He hasn't done that. And that, with, with the rookie contract coming up, why are you going to commit to a guy who has you picking in the top five when you can get a better prospect yeah. on a, and, and extend that rookie deal out another four years as opposed to just having the last year of it, four or five years with the option, right. instead of having the last year of it with the option looming this summer? That was the stakes. I I, I said it on here. I said it on the Sports Lab. I said it everywhere. That was the stakes for Mac Jones this year. Can you make it so the team can't reasonably draft your replacement? And and through some fault of his own, a lot of it not at his fault, but it happened, this is where they're at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think he's got nine games to show me that it's – it's obviously the the tangible thing is picking up the fifth year option. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I just think that he's got nine games to show me that their first round pick should be on Marvin Harrison Jr. and not on Drake May. Right. Right. Like that. That's that's the bottom line. And now, if he plays well in the last nine games, they're probably not going to be in position to draft either. But that's but, kind of the point. Right. He's got. Yeah. I agree with that. I, right. I think you said if that if last they're week. in
3: position to draft Drake May, they should be drafting Drake May. Right. If they're not in position to draft him, it means Mac probably, especially with the all the injuries now. Yeah, it's not like the defense is going to carry him, right? It's not like Mac's gonna be playing bad, but the defense carries them, and suddenly they're picking 12, 13, 14, whatever. Yeah, everybody's hurt. It's just him. Yeah. If they win enough games that they're not in the top five, Mac played well, and yeah. and then it becomes then you can start doing the Jalen Hurts thing in the second round, guys like Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy. But no, where they're at right now, he's not kept them out of the spot where drafting his replacement is unrealistic. One more take on that. It's yeah. kind of related, but this is something I've been working on. I'm curious your thought. I think, and I've thought this before, but now that the Patriots are in this spot, I think I've kind of flushed this take out a little bit more. Yeah. The initial NFL draft order as it is assigned at the end of the season yes, is one of the most overrated concepts in sports <laughs> what? in terms of how much we bowed down to the draft order. Okay. Here's my point. You have a lot of people saying, Patriots can't win another game. They need to be drafting top 3 to take Drake May. Yeah. You need a pick in the top 3. You don't need to own the third pick from the jump. Okay. If you're picking 5th, you you should realistic if if you believe Drake May's the guy. Yes. You should be able to get to third. Okay. If you own the 5th pick,
1: but you're I think the problem
3: is and I I don't disagree with you. And you know how I feel about draft picks. Right. Well, here's here's what I'd say. Of the 20 quarterbacks taken in the first round in the last 10 years. Yeah. Nine of them were drafted with a pick that was not originally owned by that team. That includes the first overall pick. I'm an idiot and didn't go through and redo the numbers. Yeah. When you take out the first overall pick, yeah. More than half of the quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 were not drafted with the draft pick originally owned by the team. Okay. You move around the board to get a quarterback, it's the price of doing business in the NFL.
1: Okay. So I don't disagree with the take. Yeah. I think he does. That's yeah okay. <laughs> I so that, I think that's where people are concerned. Is that, well,
3: is he going to be the one making that decision? Who
1: who knows? And this is why I tell you all the time that I can't get into the draft yet because if I don't know whose offense I'm
3: drafting the player for, that's fair. But, but besides, well, if you're if you're drafting a quarterback, aren't you drafting the quarterback and then sort of dictating the offense? Uh, not them. Well, if you're changing the offense, it's not going to be them. I I hear you, but if right.
1: if this is the regime, that's the one that's taking the quarterback. That quarterback is going to play the Bill O'Brien offense. Like that's that's the bottom line. Like you're going to fit into the Bill O'Brien offense. If Bill O'Brien goes and takes a job at Michigan State, you're going to be fitting into the Josh McDaniels offense, right? Like that's just the way it's going to go. And I think the concern that people have that that our team tank or whatever you want to call it are looking at draft position is that we don't have a whole lot of precedent of Bill Belichick trading up in the draft. Not to mention trading a king's ransom up to get the go from five to two to draft drake may when it could take future picks and all this all you know this entire boatload of picks to do it i think people are concerned that he will never do something like that so if you don't have the second overall pick you don't own the pick
3: then you're not going to get there but i a lot of people would probably look at it and say if he's picking second he's going to trade back anyway yeah i so i would I it, it's more an overarching take again I, I we haven't talked about it in context in the Patriots really in our lifetimes yeah um, but it's just people who are, oh no they fell from the fourth pick to the fifth pick I can't believe that happened if you really believe in the guy yeah. and this is just a, a blanket NFL statement if you believe Drake May is the next 20 years of your franchise there's not too much you can give up. Yeah, I you should be going up and getting that pick. Period. Full stop. If you don't believe he's the guy, don't do it just to draft him. Yeah. And this the same could be said for Caleb Williams, same could be said for for Michael Penix, for any of these guys. But if you believe the guy's the guy, you go up and get him.
1: Yeah. I no, I agree. I mean, I think that's how a lot of teams feel, but
3: that's yeah. this team. Is, the, number, the numbers the numbers support that. The numbers support that especially at the quarterback position. Maybe at other positions, it's a little different. There's more wiggle room. But at the quarterback position, if you're picking 5th, you shouldn't be sitting there saying, "Well, he's going to go 4th." So, I guess we're screwed. Yeah. Shouldn't happen that way.
1: Yeah. All right, three up, three down. I did I did have some I did have some ups. They're all on the defensive side of the ball. Uh so There's some ups in this game. So, not I disagree with that. I'm not putting anybody on the offense as an up. I'm telling you that right now. Uh number 1 uh star of the game for me, Christian Barmore. Fan- Same. Fantastic again in this game. Sack uh had five stuffs again in this game I-, I think that that's really been the the part of his game uh, that has matured the most is his run defense uh, he's He's doing a fantastic job of uh, using his, his leverage, using his hands, uh, using his upper body power to press blocks and uh, hold gaps, but then also uh, flashing that range. And uh, when teams try to zone block him, he's you know swimming around blocks, and that's where he can use the get-off and the, and the ability to uh, lateral movement and things like that. Uh, he is on a heater. He's on three straight games now where he's been fantastic. He has 12 stuffs in the last three games against the run back-to-back games with the sack six quarterback pressures going back to the Vegas game uh he has uh, been their best player I would say uh, on either side of the football for about a month now uh so Christian Barmore is, is my number one up and uh it, he's one of those guys that rookie season had over 50 quarterback pressures was one of the best D tackles in, in uh in that draft class in his rookie yeah. year uh second year injured uh told me yesterday I spoke to him yesterday hopefully I get that piece up tomorrow uh, he said that he had never been injured before in his football life so yesterday last year second year was really tough on him you know rehabbing and trying to get back to hundred percent playing through injury a lot of the time you know he just said he was kind of like a lost puppy trying to figure out how to play with an injury and all that kind of stuff and uh, then uh, this year is healthier uh, you know back to back to normal and we're seeing uh, that that Christian Barmore that we thought we, they were going to have uh, going forward after his rookie season, uh, a guy that I, I look at as a building block, like somebody that I, I would hope is going to be here on a second contract. I think that they definitely need to have him here on a second contract. So Christian Barmore, number one.
3: I agree with you. That's a guy that you can you can build a, a defense around. A three-down player, is you alluded to, pretty much everything I said last week. This is the guy, now that he's fully healthy, is the guy we saw coming out of be, out of Alabama, the guy yeah. that people were surprised fell out of the first round in 2021. Yeah. So absolutely loved what I saw from him. Speaking of second contracts. Yes. Was, so Barmore was my first. Yep. Kyle Duggar.
1: Yeah, he's on my list too.
3: Excellent in this game. And he needed that. He just yeah. had kind of a slow start to the season, but look at it. They had him playing a more physical, closer to the line of scrimmage role. And what do you know? Old Kyle Duggar showed up. Yeah. Crazy how that happens. Yeah. Crazy how that works. Yeah. Um, the yeah, interception, it obviously, which Tua, I mean, threw right to him, but you also had that play on the goal line. That's a, that's such a difficult play. When you have a, a, a player with momentum moving towards the goal line and he stops him, like stonewalls him. Yeah. At the goal line. That's just such an excellent play from a defensive back. There's not a lot of defensive backs in the league that can make that specific play. So. I thought he was. He did some other stuff too. Um, wasn't perfect, but the secondary was kind of a mess the whole yeah. game in terms of communication. They got to bring him back and they got to play him in the box. I yeah. think we're going to talk a lot this off season about quarterbacks, about tackles, about wide receivers, free safety. I'm going to be saying this all spring is the most underrated need for this football team, and they knew it. They met with Taylor App right. They knew it yeah. last off season, and they felt like they could go forward with it. I know some people did think it – I I don't have a problem with them trying Kyle Duggar free safety. I mean, he played free safety in college. Yeah. He had done it. He has the athleticism, but it, it was something to try. And there was no plan B if it didn't work out, and it hasn't worked out. Yeah. And so Kyle Duggar's having a worse season because of it, and the defense is worse because of it because they don't have that guy. They're seriously missing Devin McCourty right now. You're not going to go out and just get one player and replace Devin McCourty in the offseason. But having a true center fielder – especially when you have to face the Dolphins twice a year with their speed and teams like that. You got to go out and get a guy like that. Last year was a good year in the draft, I think, to do so. I haven't done as much work on the safeties in this year's class, so I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. But getting a true free safety center field type guy is a must. Because if they do, it allows Kyle Duggar to play more like he played against Miami on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I agree. with I had Kyle Duggar. I thought, you know, there was still a couple plays where he got a little bit lost in zone coverage. But I'm not going to knock him too much when you make, like, impact plays on the ball that he did. Uh, interception, like you mentioned, good disguise coverage really wasn't anything that he did on the play but he made the play right that's the most important thing uh then uh you know i I agree with you with the tackling and the plays near the line of scrimmage were really good in this game Uh, that's the kyle duggar that they were hoping to get every game this season and it it took like you said with the free safety position and i think that this goes back to you know some of the critiques that we've made on, on this show of belichick the gm they had known that devin mccourty was year to year for like three years and they just never addressed free safety. They never brought in even a day three pick. Right. To, I mean, like, Josh Bledsoe
3: was not... He's a box safety. He's a box safety He's a box, he's a box safety. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was one guy they brought through who, like, didn't last, who I wanted to see play more, and I'm blanking on the name. But even guys like like Miles Bryant, yeah, I think, could play that role. They haven't put him back there. Jonathan Jones, to me, when you had... And, and injuries maybe maybe changed, but you had Jack Jones, Christian Gonzalez... Jalen Mills Jalen Mills Another guy I thought Might yeah. play for Well, he, well that's what he, He's That's what they've done A lot more of The last They're couple They're doing of it weeks. more now But it's like Jonathan And Jonathan Jones Had done it Yeah He was a guy I thought Maybe could fill that role So They've had opportunities To do it Whether it was I just don't think
1: m- That they've ever really Not to cut you off But yeah. I, I don't think That they ever really uh, Seriously addressed it Like I, I They never no, really they, used, they, You're like, right They haven't They, You know When, when Devin was here Like they took Duron Harmon in in the third round right and Daron Harmon was the perfect guy to come in and in their past game packages he would play the center field role and that would free up devin to play robber to play man right. coverage whatever they wanted him to do and they gave him that that flexibility uh, they never they never restocked the position and it's it's crazy to me because there's like so people... many spots on this roster where they just did that
3: and, and, and you're right but some of those spots like we know they don't value wide receivers. That wasn't a surprise. Okay, but right? but what but this what is, about this third is, down running back? So so third down running back is similar where it's such a crucial position for what they do. It's a position yeah. we know they value highly. Right? Some of the positions are things that we value that maybe they don't just uh, wide receiver would be one. I think when we talk about the way they've approached the edge rusher position, we they they look at it a little differently than we do. It's like I understand why they I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand why they didn't invest as much. Free safety, we heard for years and years and years how important Devin McCourty was to this defense. Yeah, to not have for them to not line a replacement up when they knew how important it was to have that guy. I would say third down running back is the exact same thing on the offensive side of the ball. That one's even crazier because it was remember before Devin McCourty came or before he moved back to safety, like they had trouble finding a free That's safety why they, that to bill
1: and i know a lot of people think that that devin struggled at corner yeah. his second year and that was i think devin uh, i did a piece on it uh, right before the season uh with i spoke to 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 Mac about it and he said that it he kind of put it as a little bit of of each now bill said at his retirement or something like that, that I don't remember exactly, maybe it was that week that he was asked about it or whatever, that they moved Devin McCourty to safety out of necessity because they didn't have anybody
3: back there. But Devin agreed that he was struggling a little bit in his second season. It was probably both. But again, it's it's that thing where they knew, third down running back, I wonder if they were just like, we'll find it. Because you you look at under Bill, I mean, Kevin Flock was here when he got here. And then Danny Woodhead, Shane Vereen, James White, I mean, it was seamless. Yeah, it was absolutely seamless, and yeah. you always had a second guy too—a guy like a Rex Burkhead. They knew what it, this looked. They they seen what this looks like when you don't have a true free safety. It, granted, it was ten years ago, probably closer to fifteen now at this point, actually. But bombs away like Sunday, right? Yeah. They they know they've seen it. Yeah. So they yeah, it's just it's it's puzzling to me, and they they knew at least a little bit again because they met with Taylor Rapp, who yeah. would have been that guy. Yeah. So. They knew they needed somebody in that role. It's the same at tackle where they – who was it from the the Eagles? Signed with the Titans. Why am I blanking on his name? The tackle, Uh, Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard. They met with Andre Dillard. So you knew – we know they know that it was at least somewhat of a need. Oh, yeah. And they didn't get the guy initially, and then that was just that. They never addressed it again.
1: I mean, I was talking to people in January when we were at the Shrine Bowl that were saying – yeah, we we know tackles a need. Like that's right. obvious. Like all of us can see it. And they oh, Wow, there were a lot of good safeties
3: at that and, triangle.
1: And and they brought in bodies at tackle, but bodies is not is not solving the problem. No, they had bodies. They right. didn't have anything above that. Right. And and I think that, you know, at safety, I don't I think that there's a value in having some repetitive guys like Duggar and Jabril Peppers in this system because uh, they play so much dime and they want to play guys in the box like that and things like that. But then you have to have the center fielder to be able to play those guys in the box.
3: Right. And, and The center fielder is what allows you to do all right.
1: that. And, and they just – you know, that was the big thing when I talked to McCourty uh, was he always said – and, and you know, he really identified uh, for understandably for, for you know – they're they're all his buddies but he really identified with like the Harmon, logan ryan uh, you know that secondary right and when he said is you know when it was the game was on the line when it was the money time in the fourth quarter we knew where we were all gonna be like we know you know chung was gonna be in the star i was gonna be uh you know robber probably Duran was playing center field like we knew where we were going this defense, they don't know where they're going, like they because they don't have distinct roles. Everybody is overlapped, and right, and so he said that like they knew, I knew where I was going to be. They knew where we were going to be, and it it worked. It fit together. This secondary in the back end doesn't fit together, and you can add Marty Mapu into that mix as well of playing him out of position first of all, which I will never. I will never let that go. But I,
3: we we sat here. You told yeah, me he was going to be a linebacker. I,
1: I I will never let that go. Uh, but regardless, they, they, this is this is where we're at with this team. Is that they are constantly, from a personnel standpoint, they're constantly chasing their tail now. Like they're constantly uh, one step behind all these vacancies instead of one step ahead. But in weird ways, like they're they're ways ahead of the curve on guard like they they have like 16 guards. Like cool. So yeah. so that position's stocked, right? Whether Mike Onwenu is a part of their future or not, they have a guard.
3: Well, he should be part of their future tackle, but that's another conversation.
1: Another conversation. Yeah. And, and and they so they have guys to replace Onwenu if Onwenu walks in free agency. And they they that's what they used to do all the time at every position though. They used to have tackles. They used to have, you know, safeties. They used to have these players and they just they don't third down running back. Like the fact that this team doesn't have a th- a true third down back or a scat
3: back is just wild. Especially with the offensive line being the way it is, and you need that guy to check down too. Do and- you know
1: how many times Mac Jones is just sitting there waiting for Ramondre Stevenson to run a route, and and Ramondre has got it one on one with a linebacker, and if he had- if they had a real James White type third down running back, that 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 would be those would be
3: easy first downs. We we took we, we took it for granted. You remember like back in the day, third and five. James White, a little, yeah. you know, just a little kick-out route. Catch the ball to the line of scrimmage. It's a linebacker between him and the sticks. And he, every time, every time he got that first down. Yeah. Made it look easy.
1: Yeah. I, I, As did, did
3: Danny Woodhead, Shane Marine. Kevin right.
1: Ball. That's the thing is, like, if it was just – it's like Brady. Like, Brady was the only one that, that could play this offense at a high level. Right. But it, not to take anything away from James White, but – James White did it. Shane Vereen did it. Danny Woodhead did it. Rex Burkhead even used to
3: do it a little bit. And like, they it, it, they proved they could get guys into that role. Yeah, I, I, it's that's it's why it's different. To, that's why the wide receiver thing is different to me than some of these other positions. We've seen them develop free safeties. We've seen them develop running backs like that. Yeah. Should have been, and maybe that's the downfall. Maybe it was they knew they could develop those guys, so they were like, hey, "Well, you know." Well, well find I think somebody. That, I
1: think they drafted Pierre Strong and and they gave up maybe on they strong. gave
3: up after that's a guy that had what 19 catches in his college career yeah. and they gave up on him after one year that's a that's yeah. not much, if that's your best effort that's not much of an effort
1: yeah I, I agree and Ty Montgomery is whatever yeah all right uh last uh up here um as we just went down uh, <laughs> uh Keon White all right my last yeah, here was is good. Keon White uh I what I was really intrigued by in this game from Keon White was his play recognition it wasn't just like plays Where he's a bull in a china shop and he's just blowing things up uh the the tackle for loss on the jet sweep I thought was a real sign of growth for him he played his edge stayed disciplined read out the play made a play behind the line of scrimmage uh that I think beginning of the season Keon White might have just ran up the field there and, and and given up the edge this this year uh you know this version sees it makes the play I thought he was really good also had a hurry in this game uh made a stuff against the run on his own scheme where you saw some of that range. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Keon on white, uh, really I, I, good game, impactful game. He's kind of a tweener. And I still think that they're kind of fig- trying to figure out where exactly they're going to play him long-term. Now I think the most obvious route is he's a stand-up guy on first down, and then he's an interior guy on second and third down. That's probably where we're headed with that. Uh, but he's, he's a tweener like I I, he's a little bit big to play as a stand-up outside linebacker but he's not quite powerful and big enough yet uh, to play on the interior for all three downs but I think that they have something here with Keon White they just have to you know round him out a little bit and figure out exactly where they're gonna play him
3: yeah I, I and that that's something too that just comes with being a rookie and you mentioned the tweener thing they'll They'll get him in the offseason. They'll put him on a weight plan, on a meal plan, on a workout plan, whatever, and whether they want him to bulk up, or they want him yeah. down. Like they'll that that'll happen in the offseason. He'll come back next year, I think, like fully fit into a role. So yeah. it, he I'm still excited about it. Look, I'm still excited about the draft class. Yeah. As as kind of upside down as the season's gone, the flash we saw from Christian Gonzalez was very exciting. Yep. And it's not It's it's different with a guy who has like a knee or an ankle, right? Where you're like, is he going to come back and move the same? Like It's relative. Not to. I'm sure that there's a massive rehab process and he's working through it. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Keon Whites looked good. My third up. I know you said you had nobody on offense. I have one. Yeah. And it's. I don't know if it's necessarily him playing well. It's something I saw. It's Demario Douglas. Yeah. And, on the Kendrick Bourne touchdown. Yeah. Two defenders go with Demario Douglas. It was a coverage bust. But, no, not bad. His no. coverage bust. Why'd he bust? Why'd he, cause they, that's because that's the guy they're looking at. they messed up. That's the guy they're looking at. There were I, other I instances so. in the game, too. Like, he was getting doubled during the game. I didn't see it. He was getting doubled during, he saw it. I I'm just telling you, like I, I I talked to him about it after the game too, and I I didn't. You see it. on the on the screens, teams are keying in on him. Like he's a guy, defenses are starting to key in. On I a I don't bit. disagree with that. And, but and and that the Kendrick Bourne touchdown is it was a bust. He's he's a guy. I agree disagree. He's a guy. Defenses are starting to key in on. Yeah. And I think like, we had that whole conversation over the off season about the coverage dictating player. He's hardly DeAndre Hopkins, but. When's the last time they had a guy that defense is kind of, especially a rookie, that defense was like, no, hey, wait, I, yeah, we might want to take a look at this guy. So yeah, I agree. Now, how does he build off it? He has to still be able to produce when he gets this kind of attention. Yeah. But that's a sign of an NFL – like, where it's not – that told me it's not just us seeing this guy and being like, oh, my God, it's the first receiver they've drafted in years who's producing this is great. The Miami Dolphins coaching staff saw what he was doing on tape and said, this is a guy we need to pay some attention to. And that, maybe not for this year, maybe this is more of a long-term take, but – I think that's something worth being a little excited about. Yeah. I think what's what's most. Yeah, okay, it said, doesn't mean they have their one sorry, it doesn't mean they have their one one of the future. Yeah, but right. if I he's hear you. like this is I, I was if talking to some people about this the other day. If
1: he's like Wes Welker and then you have Randy Moss on the outside, then like you already kind of checked that box. In so my let's opinion, say
3: right let's now. say they go out this uh, let's say they re-sign Kendrick Bourne, right? And he's healthy. And yeah. there's some ifs here, but let's say they go out resign Kendrick Bourne, he's healthy. Yeah. Demario Douglas continues to go on this track. And then they go out and get T. The, the DeAndre Hopkins equivalent, obviously. So it could be T. Higgins, it could yeah. be Marvin Harrison Jr., whatever, right? Yeah. So you have that guy as your X. Yeah. You have Kendrick Bourne as your Z. Yeah. And you have Demario Douglas in the slot.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, I, I, am
3: I. that would be top half of the league wide receiver group. I don't know. Depends on who they get as the number one guy. T. T. Higgins. Maybe. Marvin Harrison Jr. I have to
1: see it from T. Higgins without Jamar Chase first to be like that's fair. Yeah, I, uh, who else? I'm trying to think who else. I is mean, there. like it's be if it's like T. Higgins or Jerry Judy or yeah, I, I think you're still prove it mode. Uh, if it's Marvin Harrison Jr. then, I, as much as it's crazy for me to say like this guy that's never played in the NFL, but no, I, I, I Marvin Harrison Jr. Unicorn. is complete.
3: I, I I I think I said this to you last year. If Marvin Harrison Jr. is in the NFL right now, he'd be a top 20 receiver. Yeah, I think he'd be higher. I think he's a complete unicorn. I Like right now, like this version of him, you'd think he'd be – I'll give you that. I'm fine with that. You want to say top 15? I, all I know is I, watched, I actually watched a little bit
1: of a college game. Nice. I watched a little bit of that Ohio State-Penn State, Penn State game. game. He was the best player on the field. And
3: I'll tell you this. The corner that was covering him yeah. is a projected top 20 pick. He was so the that's an player. NFL
1: – He was the best player on the field, and it wasn't particularly close. And he was on the field with like 20 other People that yeah, are I be mean, again, the, the guy
3: that was covering him is going to be yeah probably second corner off the board. Yeah, he's a sideboard. So, yeah. So all right, so Marvin Harrison Jr., Demario Douglas, a healthy Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, top half of the league.
1: Yeah, and then everybody that just heard you say that's going to say who's playing quarterback.
3: Which fair, <laughs> but the whoever is yeah whoever is is going to have an easier time yeah. than the guy right now. Shocker!
1: You can make it easier on the quarterback. I thought. Well, no, to that's a dirty thing. Himself. Don't you dare say. Don't say that. you should get the quarterback no. help no because that means he's not good he should do all this we we all
3: know Lamar Jackson was just cast to the cast to the wind by the Ravens and the Bills just threw Josh Allen on in the deep end with absolutely no help and all of that there's one guy in this league that's gotten no help and that's Patrick Mahomes and he's having whatever the opposite of a career year is so (laughs) what does that tell you he
1: also has Taylor Swift's boyfriend so you got that going well when she
3: shows up You've you've seen those splits. <laughs> I have. You've seen those splits.
1: I mean, come on. You you show out in front of the girl. That's obvious.
3: But look, like again, getting getting the quarterback help. You got to start bringing Taylor Swift on the road. You want to help out Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> maybe maybe to Gillette Stadium. So here's the thing about that. <laughs> we know Taylor Swift loves Gillette Stadium, she, right? She's favorite here. And Gillette Stadium, loves Taylor Swift, obviously. Sold out, like. Crazy. I would I would <laughs> say a, a logical candidate to ring the bell. But if she's wearing Chiefs gear, she can't she's do not it. Ringing the bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not right All right, so she won't be here. No,
1: but like, uh, but but uh, we've but had like, we've had some advanced scouts on this. Yeah, and uh, apparently that is a weekend off on said European tour. Oh, so she could take the PJ from you know wherever she is in Europe to to Fox. I'm Grove.
3: just saying the two artists, and yeah. they're not like on similar planes as artists, but the two yeah. artists that like identify with let Stadium the most yeah. are Kenny Chesney, <laughs> No Shoes Nation, right? Was born here. Yeah, and Taylor Swift. Chesney yeah. rang it. Yeah, no, she's not ringing should be,
0: uh, maybe not
3: this year but it should be considered I, I agree I agree I'm not even and I'm not like that over the year much bigger Taylor Swift fan yeah. than I am love Taylor Swift, but Trump. it would be cool she bell.
1: I do I do like her uh, she's good like great great plain music great like you know need to decompress music just uh, I, I do like Taylor Swift all right uh, three downs here uh, we've already talked a lot about my first down so I won't I won't rag, Jones? I won't rag on Mac Jones anymore right. than I already have uh, I will say this though you know Uh, There's just – there's too many plays that he's leaving on the field. There's just – regardless of all the – there's a ton of issues with this offense. There's uh, issues with the receiver room, routes, things like that. I I once again am questioning – what the hell they're being coached by Troy Brown. Like, I'm sorry, but this is just year in and year out. It's the same thing. Offensive line, uh, you know, all of it, right? But uh, at the end of the day, the quarterback's got to make some plays. There's plays to be made on this film. Uh, the, uh, I thought uh, the interception was one of his worst plays uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, just, I know the one in Vegas was pretty bad too, but this one was right up there as, in terms of bad, just late, back foot, noodle like just come on like we got to be better than that uh so i i would say mac jones is my my first down uh but obviously i i still i still stand with the context on it but it, he's my first down
3: i the that interception is, is tough because i i we've Took seen him make that throw sails. before well yeah. that but also like kendrick Bourne's open i know there's yeah. been some debate about that i don't think it's a bad how do i put this Throwing the ball to Kendrick Bourne in that spot is not a bad decision. The to throw a touch pass in that spot is the bad decision. I don't think
1: he threw a touch pass. I think that's that's right. Him so that's the, the question. Like, was it was it a, and, and
3: that's where I go and that's what he said after the yeah. end it was a bad throw. Like yeah, he saw Kendrick was open. That ball needs to be on Kendrick Bourne's outside shoulder. It needs to be earlier. Earlier, outside yeah. shoulder, back shoulder kind of thing. It said he leads him up the side. And look, Jason Ramsey makes a great play. Most corners just break that play up. Yeah. I don't know how many corners pick that ball off. Yeah. In the way Jalen Ramsey did, but it's a throw I've seen him make. It's a throw I know he can make, but he just didn't. And it's that's what's frustrating. It's the consistency thing. That's what's frustrating because Kendrick Bourne is open on that play. I agree, he's open. Uh, It's late. His feet are a mess. The fake is
1: horrible. The route wasn't great. Like I think Kendrick Bourne could have been available to him a little bit sooner, which would have helped. Uh, But it just overall, in general, just a like there was probably ten plays wrong, ten things wrong on that play and it just well designed and i think that if you're billy o'brien like that's got to be the most frustrating part about it is that's 110 percent a game planned play like they yeah. they ran that play that practiced it all week from that down and distance thinking it was going to work right like that that's one of those plays that you come into the game with and you're like when we need to pull it out like this is what we're going to run from the high red area and it just was a complete abomination. Yeah. The whole play. All right. So uh, Mac Jones, uh, number one. Uh, number two here. I hate I, I, J. C. Jackson. J- j- just j-, okay. j. C. Jackson. I hate. I say I. I hate putting him there as a down, uh, because, in some respects, he got got by two of the best receivers in football a couple times, and a, a lot of it is just Tyree kills this. The best player on the planet right now i really think that i think tyree kill is the best player in football and if i was a voter and i'm not but they should let me vote on mvp someday i would be voting for tyree kill so far now there's a 17th game so that that's a that's a factor here uh but barring injury he's going to be the first 2,000 yard receiver in the history of the nfl yeah and he's going to do it by like 150 yards so he he might do it in six in 16 so he might do it in 16 games exactly uh, he is the most unstoppable force in the league. That being said, the 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 bad eyes on the on the touchdown on the 42 yarder was awful, you know, just looking in the backfield, peeking in the backfield against that guy. If he if he hands it off on the jet sweep, then come up and, and make the tackle. And if you give up ten yards on the jet sweep, you give up ten yards on the jet sweep. The last thing that you can do is is give up a forty two yard touchdown, right? Like that's that's way worse <laughs> than yeah. just like sitting back and then coming up and making the tackle and maybe giving up some yards on the jet jet uh, you know jet motion. Uh, that was a horrible play. Uh, Jalen Waddle spun him around like a top on that blaze out. That was that was yikes. Couple penalties. I know the one in the end zone was a little ticky tack, but. Jersey Tug is going to get called in this league now. That's just the bottom line with that. Uh he had a couple of run plays too where he was like the crack force and just didn't like didn't yeah. didn't replace the edge. Uh that was rough. Uh rough game for JC. I will give him this though. He was very accountable about it after the game. Made no excuses. Wouldn't let us talk, you know, talk him into making excuses about the refs. Uh he was he was he owned it. And I'll give him that. So it's not like to rag on him too much Uh, but yeah he's got to be on the down list
3: so I had the defensive coaching staff just because they had. I kind of like the game plan but they you did yeah yeah I did they had a game plan that worked in week two
1: no it didn't the where, this notion that that game plan worked—they allowed fewer nuts. points.
3: Tyreek Hill was less productive. Jalen Waddle was less productive. How is this game plan better when they gave up two 100-yard receivers? Because at least they stood toe to toe in the middle of the ring. If 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 Jonathan—they didn't—they
1: allowed 250 yards to two guys. Okay, they had an interception. They got him. Had off, an
3: interception uh, week two.
1: Yeah, but on an, it, not in like the same like part of the field. Like this game, I. I I give them credit. The last two weeks, 100% defensively, they stood in the middle of the ring against Josh Allen I, and a They and did they against tri- Josh Allen. They <sighs> tried to fight. They tried to. They, I, the, I don't. Okay. 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 Here's what I don't was get: just, Let's play prevent defense
3: and not get burned. This this felt like prevent defense. Oh, it was, no. all it no. was all soft. It was all soft coverage. Yes.
1: Totally wrong. And here's no.
3: what I don't get: Why is Jonathan Jones not covering Tyree Kill? Because he's hurt. But so he can cover Jalen Waddle. I I think that he I think he was limited in this game. I it just it. I think you had to at least give him a shot. At a certain point, J.C. Jackson couldn't do it. Miles Bryant, stop putting Miles Bryant on fast receivers, right? How I, I do they have. Like, Jack Jones. Jonathan act-
1: Jones, give him a shot. Jack Jones actually ended up covering Tyreek Hill more than, than J.C.,
3: because they had to take J.C. off of him. Maybe. I just, I don't understand. If Jonathan Jones is healthy enough to be out there, you got to give him a shot on Tyreek Hill. That's the guy. That's he, the guy he covered that him for it. like six or seven. I just, snaps. I, I, it, it all felt very soft. It all, this one felt a, very preventy to me. Oh no,
1: he, they played a ton of man coverage in this game. They played like forty-five percent
3: of their downs in man coverage. But, but, but it saw it, They're all they're playing off. Maybe a little bit. We talked. We talked about this on the show. Evan leading in the game. They yeah. need to get up. They need to press. They need to be physical I with the receivers. Was, give the pass rush a chance.
1: I think they did. I think they blitzed a lot in this game. They had like a forty-five percent blitz rate on Tua. They played like fifty percent man coverage in this game. I'm talking. I'm I th- talking. I about, think okay. they tried. I just think that the the Dolphins' receivers are better, and they just got burned. When,
3: when I'm saying I don't like the game plan, I'm talking about specifically in the secondary. I'm fine with what they did up front. I just think they they played too safe in the secondary.
1: Maybe I don't know. I I think they didn't play safe enough. Like. You know, they're they're getting pulled up by eye candy and stuff like that in the backfield and giving up 42-yard touchdowns, like, on quarters. Like, it's quarters coverage. Like, d- you you can't give up the deep part of the field in quarters. You have four guys across the deep part of the field.
3: I just think they're trying to get guys to run with guys they weren't going to run with.
1: I don't disagree uh in a, to an extent, I guess, with that. But, like, at the same time, I don't know what choice that they have. These are the guys that they have available to them. And playing like they did in Week 2 looked good on the scoreboard like that they only gave up 24 points but when you really think about it the the Dolphins missed two field goals in that game to a tripped all over himself on, on third down in the red zone and that's why they they forced a field goal tripped then. all over
3: himself in this game fumbled the first on the first drive of the second half yeah
1: and they they competed I thought in this game it, for most of the first half it
3: really the only time that when, they when you're give when you give up when you have third and 14 twice and you give them a first down both times without yeah, no giving a because, giving up a penalty because
1: they missed tackles and they like the, like all that type of stuff to me was like execution like they they, they missed tackles you know Jelani Tavai like has uh, what's his name the the running back like in the flat on the screen and he just misses the tackle like I I don't know you know I I, I commend the defensive coaches the last two weeks they have played Miami and Buffalo for the past. Couple of seasons, really, mostly last year with Miami, obviously. But the last couple years, they've played Buffalo specifically. Just don't beat us, like can't, like surrender. No the buf- the Buffalo up. game plan was better. It it was the same game plan. That's what I'm telling you. Like they, they played, but the, it's a different team. But they played the same coverages. Like they play, they tried the same things, and they they just got burnt. But it, it's. A- it's a
3: very different team to defend. Miami is than Buffalo.
1: I don't disagree. I just I would much rather them go down swinging than than play three deep
3: safety prevent like they did in week 2. I think they if 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 Jonathan Jones was certain then they kind of had to do that. I see we we talked on the show last week get up, press them, get physical. Yeah. Make them get off the line and see if you can get to Tua yeah. while while these guys are trying to get off the line. They did none of that. That was the kind of aggression I wanted to see from them. They
1: tried. Uh, they did the first first drive of the game. They played a rep a two man. That's what got them off the field. That was good to see. Uh, look, I think in this Shanahan, you know, McDaniel scheme, what, what makes what makes it so difficult is all the motion that they use
3: so if you're gonna you know you're playing I mean they can't handle that motion and that's another conversation and most teams can't right
1: like if you're playing man coverage and then they bring the receiver in motion you can't press the receiver anymore right so you know those are the things that they do and they do a good job of it and I, I I just like I said I understand where you're coming from that that it in terms of the production this game plan w- looks worse than the week two game plan but in week two what I saw was a team that was basically just like dying not to lose right like they're playing not to lose and in this game I think they at least went down swinging they lost they got beat but they went down swinging and I would also say if they don't bust the coverage on the Jalen Waddle touchdown at the end of the game that's true like how does it look that's right fair.
3: Well, I, I, so to go back to the original point, coaching, uh, de- defensive coaching down, they didn't know what they were looking at on that play. That's a coaching yeah. thing. Got to get them ready for that. So. Yeah, I mean, they they had been switching it all game I just, long, let, and they didn't switch let me, it. Let me put it this way. The defense didn't look prepared. Oh, really? With, with the motion stuff, I'm saying. Oh, like, I
1: think they did. On fourth down, like the first fourth down of the game that they went for is like fourth and one. There were too
3: many ins- you, the J- That was just an excellent JC JC Jackson coming up towards the line of scrimmage on the Tyree Kill touchdown. Yeah, the the, the 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 getting beat on the Jalen Water one. Tyree Kill said it after the game that they knew they were going to key in on certain things, and if they recognized him keying in on slants and in cuts, they could beat him over the top, and they did that multiple times. I guess,
1: yeah. I I just I think they had a good plan coming into this game, and then I think. Unfortunately, the execution just went down the wayside because they don't have the players. They just don't have the horses like they w- They were doing uh, a lot of like the switches on the motion yeah. that teams have done. You know, that first fourth down of the game, I know that it gets converted, uh, but it's like a, a ridiculous back shoulder throw by Tua to Jalen Waddle. And uh, the motion comes and Tyreek goes in motion and Miles Bryan and uh, I think it was Jack Jones on that side of the field. Maybe it was, oh, No, it was JC Jackson. They switched the motion, right? And, yeah. and Miles Bryan takes the, the new number two and, and JC takes Tyreek Hill and they had it covered really well. It just was a better throw. And uh, I, I just I think that they had a plan, you know. That a lot of those Kyle Duggar uh, tackles that we talked about on the goal line and things like that, they they were covering the motion. Like, yeah. like Jabril Peppers had him if he came out the the right side, and and Duggar had him if he came out the left side. Uh, they, their communication broke down on the Waddle one. Like, J- Jack yeah. Jones was
3: in one coverage, and, and I had four guys yeah. go with Tyree Hill.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a bust. Um, all right. Uh, last one here. All the wide receivers, every single one of them all of them all right are on the list all of them like pop douglas is the only one that i want to like kind of you can say all the wide receivers of, but pop i'm saying douglas. i'm saying all of them okay uh they the spacing uh the route running miscues from a you know a, a mental standpoint the conversions uh, the, just the overall lack of just juice or playmaking or anything all the wide receivers were terrible in this game I like I said earlier in the show, uh, once again I'm I'm asking Troy Brown to please do something, anything to to get these guys to space out their routes correctly. Like first third down in the game, it's third and 12. You have three guys on top of each other. Yeah. That's been happening for two straight years now. Like how long are we going to let this go on for? And don't tell me that it's just because they all stink. Like that that's that's mental. Like that's like a route running issue, right? You know, it's spacing. It's not Oh, they can't separate against man coverage. That's because they all stink. Okay, this is different, and I'm not saying that they all stink. I'm just saying that that's that's different. the The spacing is terrible. Uh, the The quarterback has no idea where where half these guys are going on a, any particular play. They they just didn't look ready to play in this game from a wide receiver standpoint, and and that has to go down to the coaching. Those guys have to get ready.
3: Fair enough. Um, my third down. Hey, let, let me preface this by saying, all right, my third down is the refs, and. Because I, I, I didn't think Fantastic. we were going to talk about it otherwise. I wanted to bring it up because I, I want to talk about this in two directions. One, the refs are not the reason the Patriots lost this game. Everybody complains about the the J.C. Jackson yeah. P.I., which was probably a hold if it was anything. Yeah. But that happens on every play. But, all right, yeah, you, get, you got a third and six on a bad penalty. You had two third and fourteens and two fourth downs. You had four chances to get off the field earlier in that drive, and you didn't the best way to avoid getting beat by the refs is to not put yourself in a position where the refs can beat you. And that's what the Patriots did in this game. That being said, the no call on the Devontae Parker hit is atrocious. Yep, plain and simple. I I the no call on on two guys going in motion at the snap at the I was same get time to is that, also atrocious. There's no excuse to be missing uh essentially targeting calls. Hits to the head. No excuse to be missing it, and I think that r- rattled the Patriots a little bit because they've given the green light to head Hunt. The yeah. refs have, and that's the thing. You know, these players are looking at like, what can I get away with in this game? What can't I? In all regards, it's not just that penalty, holding penalties, pass interference, all of it. And then the two guys in motion. I mean, come on. Yeah, that it's happening right in front of you. Yeah, that was and bad. that was really bad. This was this was a big game for get somebody up in the booth that has a button. Well, when they press the button, it goes down to the field. My biggest thing is, is that they do that on
1: some plays, like the illegal man downfield penalty, yeah. which I think, just to, in the interest of fairness, they picked up one on David Andrews the week before. I, I was, I was so, laughing about that. So yeah. <laughs> we can't sit here and say that, we, that that's a bogus call and they shouldn't be picking it up because the Patriots benefited from the same call the week before. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. But those are two clear calls in both instances where that's coming from New York. There's right. no way the refs just like met uh, and huddled up and and changed their minds. Like there's no way it's happening too fast for somebody to just miraculously come up with the fact that that's that's not actually a legal man downfield. So they're they're buzzing in in some plays from New York and changing calls, but they're not buzzing in on like the Devonte Parker head hunting play.
3: And look, the league the league knows this is an issue. They put Walt Anderson on Monday Night Football. Yeah, um, it's. It's just it. it the, the officiating has become a major storyline this year across the league. This is not just a Patriots thing. Uh, they, it's something they got to clean up, yeah. period, full stop. Got to yep. clean it up.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, Let, let's get to the phones.
3: Yeah, that all being said, it's not why they lost the game. <laughs> I like how we always have to, like,
1: preface it with so that. So
3: I have a rule. I, I have a rule. Sorry, I know you want to get yeah. the phones. I have a rule personally. I allow myself one game a year, calendar year, Yeah. all sports, all my teams, all of them, I get one game a year that I get to blame on the refs. That's it. And I haven't used my game yet this year. I used it too early last year. It was it was a game two, game three against the Bucs for the Celtics where Marcus Smart's arm is getting held down as he shoots the ball. Yeah. And they said it wasn't a shooting foul. Yeah. I used it there. I blew it early. I usually try to save it for football season. I haven't had to use my game yet this year, but I give myself one game a year to blame on the refs. This wasn't it. Okay. But I think more people should adopt that approach.
1: All right, let's get to the phones. John is in Louisiana. What's up, John?
4: Hey, what's up? Can you hear me good?
1: Uh, yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, my I just want to see how y'all feel about this. So my point on Mac is, like, I feel like
4: it's a thing where the foods are loud as they sheriff. And I feel like a lot of the bad plays that he makes it here are more magnified with I me. Mean, I know you just talked about there's a lot of plays left on the field, but I wonder how y'all feel about that.
1: What was the first point? Sorry, you just you broke up a little bit there.
4: Oh, I said I feel like the saying is the booze are louder than the cheer. I feel like that's something full for wishing with uh, Mac right now.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what that saying is, so maybe that's that's throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, I'm not familiar. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like with Mac, the criticism is all fair of him like we have to be objective of what we're seeing on the field and he's not playing good enough. Like that's, that's all fair. I, what my whole take is with Mac. And I, I think, you know, Alex, you mentioned earlier in the show that we kind of get ragged on for being like Mac apologists and making excuses for him and stuff like that. My, my whole thing at this point with Mac is more so that they need to learn from their mistakes with this quarterback because if it's the same regime that's bringing up the next guy and they do the same things and they check the same boxes that they did this time around, then I don't care if it's Caleb Williams, if it's Drake May, if it's Michael Penix, if it's J.J. McCarthy. They're going to fail just like Mac Jones failed. If they, change, if they go through three coordinators in three years, if they have no offensive line for two seasons, if they have no weapons for two seasons, that, that quarterback, a young quarterback, is not going to fix those problems. The only guys that fix those types of problems are veteran guys like a Brady, like in yeah. 13 and stuff like that, that can just hold it afloat and and keep you functional or unicorns. And if you think that you're just going to get a unicorn, then like good luck. And even those guys like we consider Patrick Mahomes, a unicorn, right? For obvious right. reasons. But he came into the league with Tyree kill, T- Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid calling his plays. Like let's call a spade a spade. It's not like he came into the league and turned the Jacksonville Jaguars, like Trevor Lawrence is trying to do, into a a two-time Super Bowl champion. He had a Alex Smith was into the playoffs the year before that he took over, right? So that that's the thing. Like you, there is a hundred percent nature going on with Mac Jones that he has limitations. He has physical limitations, and I'm coming around to the fact that he might have intangible limitations also. Just okay. attitude stuff, right? But at the same point, there's also a nurture argument of young quarterbacks. Yeah, and the next guy, and this is why I I really feel strongly about the fact that the next head coach of the Patriots needs to be an offensive guy because I want
3: the continuity. What if except what if it's Josh McDaniels and a defensive coach? Josh okay. McDaniels is not going anywhere. <laughs>
1: I guess I I but I worry about the system. Like that's I, okay. That's fair. That's yeah, that's fair. I, um, I worry about that, but. If that's, that's better, I It's guess. better, yes. yes. If it's Gerard and it's Josh McDaniels, then at least I feel a little bit better how, about that. How about
3: Vrabel and Josh McDaniels? Okay, yeah. Um, that's not happening. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, I, it, it's the nature versus nurture thing. That's yeah. all of it. The Patriots have all, all the things that we as Patriots fans used to point at the Bears and the Browns and the Bills and all yeah. these teams in the quarterback carousel for 20 something years that all happened to start with B. I'm trying to think of another one now, the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, all these teams that have been in the quarterback carousel for years, and the things we laugh at them for doing are things the Patriots have done. Yeah, the, I, the Jets, I think, are the perfect the Jets, example. I don't know why I couldn't think of the Jets. Sam, the Jets are Sam, the best example. Like,
1: what you're risking is being going from Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson. That That's what you're risking. Or if going you,
3: from Christian Hackenberg to Sam Darnold, they're from Geno Smith right, to Christian Hackenberg.
0: Right, right. Or, But
1: and look at Geno, like Mark Gino, Sanchez, in there. Geno's now having like a late career yeah. like revitalization, and I think the one guy, not to say that Mac is going to do this, uh, but the one guy that I also went back and and thought about is Alex Smith who yep. in San Francisco it was a disaster for him like multiple coordinators a bad roster around him and he's terrible then he goes to Andy Reid in Kansas City and he has like this like 8 year run where he's an NFL quarterback and making the playoffs and like winning 10 games a year like and that's that's the that's the genesis of it all like if if you are out on Mac that's fine i'm not going to sit here and try to convince you that Mac Jones is secretly this great quarterback that they're holding back anymore but at the same time, you have to recognize that every quarterback is going to fail if they're put into a position where Matt Patricia is their offensive coordinator for a year. Then Billy O'Brien comes in, and they have all these personnel issues around the quarterback. Like This is just not going to work for anybody, and they have to be able to learn from their mistakes. Yeah, I, I think
3: that that's a, a massive point, and it's, it's unfortunately— there are going to be long-term implications of all of this because whoever they draft, Drake May, Michael Penix, whoever, let's say he has a good rookie year. Yeah. You know what everybody's going to talk about that entire spring and summer? Is that so did Mac? Mac had a good rookie yeah. year, too. Yeah. Mac, yeah, I'm not buying anything. Right. He still might suck. Yeah. Like, that is coming. And yeah. they've sort of brought that on. The, not sort of. they brought that on themselves. 100%. All
1: right. Eric is in Nashville. What's up, Eric? Hey, guys.
0: How's it going? Good. 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 Um, I... You know, guys kind of took my question right before um, I was gonna ask it, just about like change and everything in the NFL. Like when you look at Mariota and Alex Smith, uh, just like Alex and Alex Evan was kind of saying, like those guys, you know, they they struggled because they had so many offense coordinators, so many offensive changes through three years. And I didn't, you know, think those guys were bums when they first came out. But I think if this offense doesn't keep the nucleus together for at least another year, then you might as well just like switch everything, switch the regime, switch the quarterback, because you're just setting your team up for failure at that point. Like O'Brien's going to ask for different things that McDaniels is going to ask for if he comes back. So it's like you're just kind of starting over offensively every single year. And in the NFL, you need that continuity to kind of like build off of.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um. I- yeah I couldn't agree more with, with that Eric and thanks for the call I couldn't agree more and I, I feel that way uh, not only just about the offense I also feel that way about some of their pending free agents that are coming up like they have a hundred million dollars in cap space roughly I, I know that some numbers are different than others but let's just call it a hundred million just for a nice round number they have so much cap space next offseason Alex that there's no reason to start all over w- with Mike Onwenu at guard or tackle or wherever you want to play him Kyle Duggar Right, like these guys. So why, like, why, why let go of these players that have been good players for you that were good draft picks? Like, Dugger and Mike Onwenu are two of your best draft picks in like the last decade. Like, and that's not an exaggeration. Like those two guys, Mike Onwenu in the sixth round is a, a, a hell of a draft pick by the Patriots. Yeah, and th- to move on from those guys uh, is just foolish. Like, you, you have to start building something at some point. And those guys, I think, whether, you know, uh, to use a Lombardiism, we, we talk about his Tuesday player thing a lot. Yeah. M- Mike Onwenu and Kyle Duggar are probably, like, red chips. They're probably not blue chip players, right? But right. R- but red chips are still valuable. You need those guys. You yeah. absolutely need those guys. And, that's, I- and, and red chips are still above, like, average NFL starter. We're talking about yeah. above average NFL starters. These are
3: guys, you're talking Madden. You know mid high 80s rating Which right. they're not your superstars But they're you're not like right. actively trying to replace them either Yeah I Zach Cox from Nesson had a really interesting number He tweeted out this week That was Patriots in, in the first three rounds Between 2014 and 2019 So that's Yeah The last five years Eligible for an extension This year 2020 class is up Right 2014-2019 Drafted 19 players in the first three rounds Yeah Zero of them got a second contract Joe Tooney got a franchise tag. Yeah. That's as close as it came. Now, look, there are a lot of those picks are busts. A lot of those guys are just players you're not going to sign to a second contract. And that's part of this conversation. But Tooney, even a guy like Damian Harris, how much could this team use Damian Harris right now? Yeah. Are guys they didn't bring back. And you want a reason why they're – and Zach had the five years prior to that, and I think it's something like four of 13 players or something like that. Why are you in the spot you're in? Because you're not retaining young talent. Yeah, you're not retaining young talent. You have to have to do that in the NFL. Part of that is picking better players. Yep. But part of it is also when you do pick good players, which they've picked some. You mentioned Mike Onwenu, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, or even undrafted free agents, JC Jack, uh, JC Jackson, uh, Jacoby Myers. You have to retain these guys. You got to bring them back. At a certain point, yep. You you can't just Keep churning your roster; it's, it's a new it's fifty-three so, players every four years. It's so true.
1: It's, it's just the replace, NFL. It's look, just replace, 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 replace. Instead of add, it, you're just constantly catching your tail and replacing. Right.
3: It, look, it's the NFL. There's roster turnover more than any other league, well, except for the NBA. But yeah, it's the NFL. There's a lot of roster turnover. Yes. Yeah. But it, not the whole roster. You you need a core of five to ten guys at least. That that's your that's your base. That's your foundation. Yeah. And they really like. It's sort of if they had a course like Matthew Slater, David Andrews, uh, Jonathan Jones, Dietrich Wise. Yeah, would Lawrence Guy? Bentley. I guess you would throw in there Bentley. Bentley. But like those guys are starting to get older. Yeah, and those guys aren't necessarily impact players. They may be good players in the locker room, but they're not all these high impact the red chip players. Yeah, you need to start. Building an identity because when you lock in Kyle Duggar, you know that spot's set. And what Kyle Duggar does, you're going to go out and get other players that make sense in the context of we're going to have him do this next to Kyle Duggar, like the free safety thing, right? Instead of these guys accommodating for your losses, you're going to build around them. They need to to start doing that. And some of it is picking better players. But they have hit on a couple of picks the last few years. They've hit on some free agents, too. We've talked about Jabril Peppers. That's a guy yeah. that should get an extension this offseason. They need to start building that core. 100%.
1: And, and, and that's – I think everybody – and I understand – everybody wants the Patriots to have better players, right? They want better, more talent, better players, more top-end talent yeah. to the roster. But the thing is, is that if you retain some of the red
3: chips and
1: then you add blue chips on top of the red chips, well, now you're
3: building to something, right? So, for instance – perfect example of this, and I know it's going to drive you up a wall, but I don't care. Probably. They had um, Ted Karras, who was what, 26, 27, something like like that, and Shaq Mason, who was a little older, but was still playing well. They moved on from both of those guys, and in the last two years, they've drafted four guards in the top 150, including one in the first round. Because
1: they're chasing their tail on it.
3: Right. If you re-sign Ted Karras, who didn't it wasn't they, unrealistic. They went to
1: the negotiation table and pulled back their
3: offer. Decreased the offer. Right. I, I do they still draft Cole Strange? I don't know, maybe. But like yeah. you can use those picks. Maybe they don't feel as pressed right. to need to add as guard. Maybe you use those picks on a tackle or on a safety or on a running back or something like that. Or Christian Watson. Or Christian Watson, yes. Yeah. That's always been my second guess with that draft. Please. That that that's kind of how this, this whole thing works. If yeah. you don't let Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson walk. Maybe don't have to take two corners. And look, they've been good, Jack Jones and, and Marcus Jones. But maybe you don't have to take two corners there back-to-back and you add a player in another position where you needed depth before. Yeah. You got to keep some of the good players. And you can overextend the other way too, and that's what teams like the Rams have done. And, and yeah. they got in big trouble. But there is a happy medium between – Keeping some good players yeah. and letting some walk. And the really good teams figure out who are the right ones to let walk and who are the right ones to keep. And they were excellent at that for 20 years. They were so good at, this is the guy we're going to bring back, this is the guy we're going to let go. You you go through it, like how many times... Like Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower. Right. Yeah. How many times re- until the last five years, did was there a player that they let walk that we were really like, man, that one sucks. The one everybody brings up is Akeem Hicks, which... Yeah, he was good, but also they had good defensive tackles while that was happening. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think there's a big one. So I, this is something they were able to do, and they did. They've just stopped doing it in the last four or five years. And to yeah. say, oh well, Brady covered it up. He's not covering up the defensive side of the ball like that. Yeah. Maybe on offense, he covered up a little bit. But I don't. Again, I don't know how many offensive players in the dynasty era they let go that I was like. And honestly, the few they did, they ended up bringing back Garrett Blunt. Yeah. So here, this kind of irks me, like. And it's not like about Braxton Berrios might be one of the biggest ones. It, it, it's not
1: about like, it's not about discounting Brady. Like, I, I, let's let's not. What I actually I think it's become to the point, Alex, where like it's it's honestly unfair to some of the great players that played around Brady, because now the the take is is that Brady just did everything. Brady Brady played every all all twenty two spots on the field. It was just Brady, and it. it they, people realize that the Patriots have two defensive players in the Hall of Fame now from the Dynasty era, right? Like Richard Seymour and Ty Law are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pro Football, I should say. Yep. The, Rodney Harrison should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We both are yes. on that. I think that is the second biggest Hall of Fame exclusion in all of sports. Th- should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay. And I always say this. If Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi played on the '70s Steelers, they'd also be in the Pro Football yep. Hall of Fame.
3: Okay, we've also got Vinatieri. We've got. And, we keep doing
1: this, right? So to sit there and say, and then Dynasty 2.0: Gronkowski, Edelman, Hightower, McCourty. You know, obviously, Revis was here for a year. Gilmore was here for a couple. Chandler Jones, I think Chandler he can make Jones a case. is a decent player here. Like the, these guys, these guys are good football players. they like, don't yeah. don't don't belittle. The the guys by saying no, they, that Brady they built did everything. Good teams.
3: They they yeah. It's it's not like they never built good teams. It's the approach seems to have changed. Basically, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say since Brady left. I think in the final year all, or two of Brady, me, since all, me and you came all, on the beat, Evan, yeah, the approach has
1: changed. We, that, what ruined like the move that started to like really ruin this whole thing for me was Tooney. Like Tooney was such a perfect. Re-sign I think it started Patriots. a little before that, but yeah. Um, no, I mean, maybe the timeline started, okay. but like that one really irks me. And, you know, Paul and I'll, I'll tell him I said this on Unfiltered. Paul always comes at me and says, like, do guards on your own time, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Do you think the Chiefs have any buyer's remorse with Joe no. Tooney? Joe Tooney going to be an all-pro. He's going to be a first-team Again. all-pro. I think he, he was. I don't think he was yet. Okay. I think this might be his first. But he's he should be a first-team all-pro. He's maybe the best guard in the NFL. He's up there. He's fantastic.
3: He was a second-team All-Pro last year.
1: Yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. And he's durable. He's on the field all the time. And you're telling me that... He never missed one game with the Patriots. That this wouldn't look better on offense if they had a pocket for Mac Jones and it wasn't Cole Strange and then whatever they're putting at right guard or whatever they're putting at left guard because Cole Strange is hurt. Or not or benched, because he's not playing well. Like, th- this is all a factor. And especially when you have a pocket quarterback, that that one just, I can't. I can't deal with that still. All right, Isaac is in Reno. What's up, Isaac? Uh-oh. Hey, guys,
4: long time listener, first time caller here. Um, hey, oh, thank you. Uh, I just feel like I'd rather keep Mac for another year and build up the offense before we throw in another young quarterback and possibly ruin him. Um, that being said, if the it- Team does decide to get a new quarterback, um, probably in the draft. I'm just wondering how much of the staff and roster you would keep, especially on the offense, and I guess what your plan in free agency and the rest of the draft would be. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, Isaac. Uh, offense, 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 offense. I'm spending every cap dollar in every draft picking the top 100 on offense.
3: We got to resign some guys on defense to do that, but yeah, uh,
1: all over of, offense, all over the place. If they use, I'm, I'm gonna say this now on November 2nd. If they use a top 100 on a defensive player, I'm going to lose my mind.
3: Jared Verse, Future Patriot. I'm going
1: to lose my effing mind. <laughs> you need to... This league has changed. And if, until... I say this all the time. Until this organization philosophically changes their approach to team building and recognizes that unless they score 30 points a game, they are not winning anything. Anything in this league anymore. They are, they are going to be stuck here. This is where they're going to be stuck. And you, you made your picks. You got your picks last year, Bill, on defense. All right? So you have Gonzalez. You have White. You have whatever they're going to turn Mapu into, which is probably a bust because they don't know how to use him. And they're gonna that that's fine. Like, you had your picks on defense last year. You mentioned retain. Okay, bring back Kyle Duggar, right, and make sure you have the nucleus of this defense together, just like you did last offseason. You brought back the entire defense besides Devin McCourty. So do it again. The defense is is more than set. Right. It's fine. You're gonna have Gonzalez back. Maybe you you work something out to have Judon back. You're gonna Why have, wouldn't they have Judon back. Well, I, they? This,
3: oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: You have Judon back. Maybe uh, if you want to address, you know, we we've, we've been talking about it, so we got we have to be fair. If you want to address free safety, then fine. That's the one. But you don't in nowadays. You really don't see teams drafting free safety. Most too of early. these guys are
3: not first round. You can do that the sec- dude, where they took Mapu's where they should have yeah, done it
1: yeah but a lot of the time i would say the reason for that is because they really hasn't been like a unicorn free safety in a while
3: no there there is sort of one this year oh God. which you're gonna drive yourself up a wall cooper DeGene, i keep telling you uh, no but
1: no i don't want to hear that uh, name uh I, I just offense 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 and if you're gonna go about it if you're gonna load up in the veteran market on offense first of all like please get it right this time yeah and and no more U smiths and juju smith schusters please but at the same time like you know if you're if you get to the draft and you have t higgins on this roster and you brought back kendrick Bourne, and he's going to be healthy and you have pop douglas emerging and you maybe you bring back hunter henry also because he's a a functional tight end so you might as well he's a
3: uh, franchise tag candidate yeah i I agree
1: So you you have all this in peace already by the time you get to the draft, then okay maybe I can talk myself into not going offense. You know all three right. picks, but two or three at least. Yeah, you yeah, need I, to be offense.
3: I, I I would agree with that. Um, I had a point and I don't remember what it was. So Eric,
1: move is, on. Eric is in New Jersey. What's up, Eric?
0: Hey guys. Um, hey, I had a question. And a what would you rather? Um, the question is um, for the practice. Uh, how do you? I mean, how many snaps you guys have a better view and understanding? So. When we say guys aren't showing up in practice, um, like obviously, you know, you guys have Boutte, Thornton, you guys lower down the depth chart. Like how many reps are they really getting to determine like this guy's making plays in practice? Because that's one thing I don't I don't know how many live plays that they're running. And then the what would you rather for next year, would you rather go into next season with bringing back Bill Mack, drafting Marvin Harrison and signing Michael Pittman, or next season bring in Benny Johnson, draft Drake May? Sign T Higgins and sign Curtis Samuel. I'll
1: take it off the line. Thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, oh, thanks for the call. Uh, first question uh, to the the point of of reps and practice. Uh, we don't get to watch in season practices. Just like full disclosure, right. I don't want people to think that that we do. We get like five minutes. Yeah, easy just yeah. Change, change. So we don't watch in season practice. But there, from what I understand. Uh, it's not all that different than some of the the camp practices that we see um, when they do have games. Like they had that one camp practice before the Texans game where we did see yeah. some game plan periods and things like that. So it's not all that different. Um, but I, I think a lot of it, you know, Rager kind of carved out his role by making plays on the scout team and he was flashing on the right. scout team, so then they moved him over and said, okay, let's see what he looks like on this side of the ball with our offense, and that's how that kind of comes to fruition. So there, there's snaps. Like, there's reps yeah, to go it, around.
3: It's not like he's out there with the starters and playing poorly. They want to see, are you running routes with effort? Are you running crisp routes? Are you making the right reads? Are you yeah. the effort, this and that? Yeah. You do that on the scout team, and then that's how you get moved up. So I don't know how many reps Kayshaun Booty's getting with the starters, yeah. but that's not how – the reps with the starters are not what we're talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about on the scout team.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, we got three more calls. i uh, try to get through these pretty quickly so because uh, I want to talk a little bit. Commander, It's already 1130. Yeah. Uh, Cassandra is in Maine. What's up, Cassandra?
2: Hey, guys. All hey. right. So, I'm a bit of a bitter fan right now. I'm going to go on a little mini tangent. I don't understand why everybody wants Josh McDaniels to come back. In my opinion... He is part of the reason why the Patriots are horrible right now. He took so many coaches, players, and everybody over to the Vegas Raiders. He's not a good head coach. I feel like he should just never set foot in New England again. Uh, but that's just my opinion and I wanted to know what you guys were thinking about
1: it. Thanks for the call Cassandra and I, I, I don't I hope I always like it when we get we get female callers. I, I like I'm glad, glad that we have some female listeners yeah. out there because I know we get pretty nerdy on this show so you know it's not it, it might you know it, I always know that my mom and Jess like sometimes try to listen to the show and they're just like yeah I mean I don't know you guys are just you guys are just being geeks uh, anyways uh, Okay. <laughs> the uh <laughs> That, that that hurt your feelings. A I know. Just
3: I whatever that all was. I don't know that you said. That was just a lot of words.
1: Oh okay. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. I, I hear you. Women can geek out
3: about football too. Not I not know. Wrong with
1: that. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, yeah, I agree 100. Uh, percent Cassandra, uh, I I I, gr- I hear what you're saying, and I understand the the coaching staff thing um, is interesting, and I would love to know. You know, True Serum Bill. I feel like we have a lot of things to ask True Serum Bill these days, but uh, <laughs> True Serum Bill, like, was he on? Did he? Did that hurt his feelings? like, is that okay that he did that? Like with McDaniel's with the coaching staff, right? Like, it seemed like that was something that was discussed between the two of them. Uh, but I can't imagine gutting the entire coaching staff was really what Bill had in mind.
3: No, and, and remember, because Nick Kayley was the one guy that couldn't leave, so yeah, clearly Bill put his foot down somewhere. But I go back to the piece from the HBO documentary with Bill Belichick yeah. and Nick Saban where they talk about we have a rule. Yeah, when you get when you go run your own program, you run your own program. You don't yeah. gut. Our program, and that's not say can't take a guy or two, but he took the entire offensive staff. But of one guy,
1: yeah, most of it,
3: yeah, like, uh, and Troy. He didn't take I, I, Troy, he didn't take Troy and right. Vinny, but so, he. So he took Lombardi. He took
1: a hard degree, and he took Carm Priscilla.
3: Vinny wasn't like really on the like he was an assistant running back of uh, uh, the, the guy's position coach level and higher. Yeah, right. He took, but
1: I I think it's a. a I agree with Cassandra in 100 about it being a, a huge factor as to why the last two years have been a disaster. Oh, it's
3: it's if if the the um you know that meme where it's like the the little brick and the guy pushes it yeah. and then there's the big brick at yeah. the end. Uh John Gruden doesn't send that email. Yeah, who knows where the Patriots are at right now? Jeez, because uh, yeah, no, because no, I, I don't know you. that anybody else was hiring Josh McDaniels. The Raiders, yeah. it was a unique situation. Yeah, they want to bring and if if Josh McDaniels doesn't get that job I, I, if the Patriots won a Super Bowl with Mac Jones I don't think so but yeah. I don't think we're sitting here talking about Drake Man, and Caleb Williams either yeah so, just, I mean
1: they you know we talk a lot about um, the, the quarterback development what about the offensive line development like what is what is Cole Strange look like now if Carm Brasillo has been his his, his line coach point. the whole time I really
3: I've said this yesterday on uh PU I think Carm Brasillo is a really really good line coach and, and let's not forget he was in terms of like degrees of separation yeah. he worked directly with Dante Scarnecchia. yeah he was the last the last him and, and Pop and Pop Popovich, who's now yeah. with the Texans yeah Paul Popovich yeah so you you were removed from yeah. the Dante and Matt Patricia comes in and changes the program now Adrian Clem played for Scar, so I, yeah. who knows exactly? Players have said that there's some similarities there, but yeah. I, it, it, all the, the fundamentals, the, the is domino still effect,
1: system—they just have to coach it better. The, the
3: domino effect, the the butterfly effect of Josh yeah. McDaniels leaving is—I I don't think we'll ever truly understand. I, we won't because we don't know. They, there's no way to know. Hundred percent. I I would say the reason people want him to come back, it, it, speaking for somebody who's interested by it, I don't I don't need it, but. One, there's that thing of if they if Mayo is the next guy. Yeah. Or a defensive head coach. Yeah. I I like the idea that you have an offensive coordinator that's not going anywhere. I think there is value in that. It has to happen. I also think even some of the great offensive minds, developing a young quarterback is its own thing independent of that.
1: Yeah.
3: And Josh McDaniels got a really good rookie year out of Mac Jones. And Aiden O'Connell doesn't look bad either, yeah. for whatever that's worth. So this is a guy that can work with young quarterbacks, and there's like, can not to mention like you know Jimmy G and and Jacoby Brissett. He made he made people think Jimmy G was a starting NFL quarterback ten years ago. He might have been before all the injuries, to be fair. Well, the injuries are part of it anyway. We don't yeah. need to revisit that one. Yeah. The, the The point being, that would be the argument again. I don't need it. If they were to bring in a guy. Like a Ben Johnson, who's yeah. worked with, who's worked and developed a young quarterback. Or a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who was there with Patrick. He was there with Mahomes from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, now we're talking. If they want to go out and get a guy like who's never— and I'm trying to think of an example, and I'm blanking— but if they were to go with like a college coach— Yeah. And I know everything. College coach, all they do is develop young quarterbacks. It's different. It's different taking a high school in a college game than a college kid to the NFL game. Having a guy who's developed an NFL quarterback before— like Josh McDaniels there's value there
1: yeah I, I agree uh Patty is in Agawam what's up Patty
4: what's up guys hey hey I get stuck with uh line three which is bad all the time I don't know yeah uh, what's going on it's with that. pesky line three
1: right. marine so,
4: <laughs> I had a uh I had a thought yesterday and I wanted to get your guys uh opinion on it so you guys were talking about cash spending the other day on you Evan yep and um and budgets and I was and I, I had a thought in my head that you know maybe Kraft does give don like a certain amount that he has to spend every year and he's not to go over it and um, and then I thought well that kind of doesn't make sense because I mean you know when he bought the Patriots he was scared to tell Myra that he for the amount of money that he paid for him um, I think if he's the only owner correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the only owner to privately fund his own stadium. So I don't think there's a problem spending money there. So I guess the broad question is if you had to blame one of the two crafted Belichick on not spending money on bringing in good players, who would it be? Cause to me, it's, it's, I'm taking I'm Belichick, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I think craft gives them the green light to spend the money and he's, he's just too, uh, crotchety or just stuck in his ways to do it and that's i'll take i'll take the answer offline guys
1: thanks patty look i i'll tell you right now um this is the the biggest mystery with this team is who's responsible for the fact that they're 30th in cash spending is it the owner or is that just the way the coach wants to run it right like i i i wish we could give you a straight answer but i almost don't feel comfortable picking a side because nobody knows Nobody truly knows who's responsible for it. If I had to pick a side, I'd actually go right down the middle. I would say that they're both in line with the fact that you, look at these these teams spending $300 million. So, they don't need to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. think that they Bill believes that they can cut corners and craft is happy to cut corners because obviously he makes more money that way and so that it they i believe that they are aligned on this issue
3: i i would say this uh what was the adjective that was used for bill belichick's extension lucrative yeah yeah yeah
1: so you think it's because bill makes so much money
3: uh well i I guess it it's glass half full glass half empty it's it's you could either look at that as you know bill makes so much money so Kraft feels like he's spending on the he's investing more in the coach you shouldn't have to invest more in the players or would a guy that's you know cheap in air quotes pay a coach that much money
1: yeah so and and that that could be open for interpretation. i I lean the second way so we we did get an email and uh i i'll leave it alone but okay not the, the second part like You don't need to do the snark part of the email, right? Like, I want to see it. Just, just like make the point that you want to make. I know, but now I'm curious. Like, we 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 talk a lot. Like, we have a, there's a lot of discussion. We do like eight hours a week of radio on on patriots.com. Like, just, just save your snark, right? Like, okay. So, we were talking yesterday about this whole issue, and I, I brought up, you know, the easiest way to move money around in the NFL is to convert base salary into yes. signing bonus. Yes. Right. Yes. That is how the, and the Patriots really, really don't do that a whole lot. They, they I don't, feel like they used to, but they don't do a whole lot of it. They did in the Brady years because they were trying to win Super Bowls and right. they're maxing out their caps basically they, a little bit. They, okay. they've never done it as much as, as teams as that teams spend teams a lot of yeah. money on the roster do. And this guy's saying, you know, that that money eventually hits the cap. Yeah. All the money eventually hits the cap. The only point that I was trying to make is in the short term, that's, that's a way to create cap space in the immediate short term, okay? And it prorates over the life of the contract. So you're basically adding a little bit here and a little bit there to each year. Um, I think they did this with, with Johnu Smith, and I believe they did this with Judon uh, to an extent as well. Uh, they've done it in the past with a couple of other guys. Uh, the point being, though, is that if you're willing to dole out the cash, not the
3: cap, the cash, you can buy your way into anything so that's people always say oh the restructuring of the contract why doesn't you know every team do that because that you got to write a player check on the spot right that's the it's downside. it's you know fred made the point of
1: it's real-time cash flow right, right. and some owners have a lot more real time cash than other owners and I, th-
3: people forget about that like i don't know if you saw what happened in baseball uh this weekend evan with the san diego padres they had to take out a loan yeah well that was for like 50 million dollars they they spent a lot of money they did and baseball is different there's no cap but they had to take out a loan for 50 million dollars because they couldn't pay the players like plain and simple and a couple years ago the raiders there was an issue where they had all this cap space and people were saying why aren't they signing anybody and there was a report that basically they have no money they didn't have the cash on hand to give guys signing bonuses they had the cap space but they didn't have the actual cash so it it is a thing that ha- like we don't think about that, but it is yeah. a thing that
1: happens. Yeah. So that that's that's definitely part of it. But the only point that I was trying to make was was that the the signing bonuses uh, into you know base salary in the signing bonus conversions make immediate cap space. Yes. And the thing is, is that oh, a lot of teams and I really want to get to the commander, so I don't want to do go too long on this. A lot I of think teams we do some more calls too. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and both of them are are from out of the country, which I appreciate. Oh, we should take those. Yeah, we will. Uh, so, uh, a lot of teams will recognize now that outside the covid you know fiasco that the cap is going up every single year yep. so if they move money into the future and create money in the
3: immediate they know that they are going to be able to absorb that because the cap is just going to go up the, the d and, and we're getting in like economics here which i don't really understand but uh, basically uh, a dollar of cap space in 2023 yes is worth or is equivalent to call it like 80 cents in cap space correct in 2025 so the idea is we're pushing this money forward but the money's not worth as much or or the the hit you know um relatively or to scale eight million dollars is a bigger an eight million dollar cap hit in terms of percentage of the cap is a bigger hit in twenty twenty three versus if you take it in twenty twenty five, and that's kind of the idea behind the void years too. Yep. So,
1: and and that's another and thing that, that the, the Patriots hardly ever use. Void. Well, everybody well, kind of stopped using. Them. No, the, a lot of th- the Eagles use tons of void years. I,
3: I like the restructuring better than the void years. The void years. Well, buffing. but
1: the but the void years restructuring doesn't create as much cash. But space. He, here's here's what
3: I would say to all of it. Yeah. I. Think and and we we'll talk more about this in the off season. You mentioned yep. Jonu Smith earlier and kind of the going out and spending on players and hit this time, right? Yeah. The, the the Hunter Henry John U. Smith thing is interesting because they went one for two. They gave out two big contracts. They went one for two. You're not going to hit on every contract. Yeah. People throw Nelson Aguilar in that conversation as well. They made Nelson Aguilar the 22nd highest paid receiver in football.
1: Yeah. No. His, they
3: got he, about he, that. He
1: was a mid level player.
3: I I think that. And this is more to the fans than the team. I actually think the team understands this, just based on some moves they've made in the past. But yeah. when's the last time, you know, when teams sign those big contracts, people, oh my god, there's so much yeah. money, it's ridiculous. Christian Kirk. When's the last time one of those big contracts, the player was good, and we still said it was a bad contract? Never. You, you, like I said about Joe
1: Tooney, like that was a huge. There's contract.
3: there there is no such thing. I mean, people are are going to lose it at some of the takes about it. So one, let's recap. The NFL draft orders are relevant. Oh God. Which is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's a stretch. So to that it's one thing if you're picking 20th, but fifth to third. I'm now gonna say there's no such thing as a bad contract in the NFL, there's just bad players. Yeah. If the player plays well over the course of the contract, it's not gonna look that bad. Patrick Mahomes, oh my God, fifty million a year. Are you kidding me? That's unheard of. What is he now, like the eighth highest paid player also, in quarterback like, in football? Was
1: anybody mad about Patrick Mahomes' contract?
3: No, but they're, how are the Chiefs going to gonna stomach that? They're not going to be able to yeah. get no, another it, it, 52 players. They're not going to be able to afford them. Yeah, no, He's that, now, like that, the eighth highest paid quarterback that, in football.
1: That part of it, like people that still believe that, you know, Brady had to take less to spread the money. Like you, you you, must still believe in Santa Claus. Like that, right. that, that, that part of it is just not... Like that's been proven over and over and over again. L- really quickly on the void years thing though. Uh so void years, I, I think the one thing about void years is is that, that that you don't risk much of the bill coming due in that sense if you just re up the player before the contract voids.
3: That's true. Yeah, there's I, I don't so there's weird things with the void so
1: years. So that's the thing, is like if you're if you tack on void years to a really, really good player's contract, a yo- like a young, really good player. Yeah. Okay. You got to do it for
3: a young player. You can't do it for older players no. who might retire.
1: Uh, well, they did that with McCordy. With McCordy, yeah. But the reason why is because they were going year to year with Devin. So they knew that they were going to get the contract done for the next year if right. he was coming back before the contract before voided. Before the void, yeah. So if you're do- – like, let's, for example, just use um, the Cincinnati Bengals because I think they ha- they're a good example right now. If they were to tack void years onto Joe Burrow's contract to space out the cap hits, right, and to space out the cap dollars – in five years, when Joe Burrow's contract expires, they're re-signing Joe Burrow, right? Like, he's not hitting the open market. So the contract is never going to void. So now the can just kicks gets kicked down the road again, right? And that's the whole thing is, like, everybody always says to me, like, the bill the bill eventually comes due. And I always use the, the same analogy. Like, it's not like some, you know, bully is coming to collect. Like, right. the,
3: nobody's coming to collect. It's never collected. As long as you continue to manage it. That's basically yeah. what it comes to. You have to constantly manage it. And that's kind yeah. of what the that people point to the Rams as the example, right? They had to yeah. tear down their roster. They didn't manage it. They just yeah. signed all these. They went all in heavily loaded future deals and then let them all hit the cap at once. Yeah. Like that. You can't do. They paid for a Super Bowl, and Right. They, and they won. Right. All right. Uh, Tim is in Sydney,
1: Australia. What's up, Tim?
4: Hey, what's happening? Fellas? How, How
3: we are we doing? I... What time is it there? Yeah. Right.
4: Uh, Quarter to three in the morning.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> I love God. that.
3: Tim. That's awesome. Let's go, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Hell yeah. So I've got I've got Madden on the
1: PlayStation and I've got you guys on the phone. Yes uh, on YouTube. Are you are you so, just what Alex a night. best friend? Like <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. What a night. <laughs> what do you got? Uh,
2: so I've got a few names for you. All right. Free agents at the end of this year wide I heard you mention Higgins before. What yes. do you reckon? Mike Kevin marquise brown calvin ridley michael pittman jr gabe davis kj osborne tyler boyd if they don't sign if they don't re-sign with their team who gives us the best chance going forward Thank okay you.
1: thanks tim and thanks, thanks for staying up to listen i appreciate that uh so uh i think so calvin ridley's a free agent uh and uh, I, re- I didn't realize that uh I think that he's probably the best fit for them, but my guess is is that he remains in Jacksonville. I think he's going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. He's a free agent. So I'm not a big i i I like Pittman as a player. Not not a big fit guy for Pittman. I worry about big body ex receiver. Um, I in some ways like I just don't love that fit and i think that t higgins is just a better player so he might transcend he's the he's a better thing. better
3: version of the same player yeah, yeah so i i i would say that um I, there was a lot of i got to say mike evans has been really impressive this year he had yeah. every reason to tap out and he's been awesome and if he can be i, I don't know that i'd give him 5 years yeah. but if they are going to do the thing of we're gonna bring back Mac Jones back on the last year and really see what we can do. Yeah, Mike Evans on like a two or three year deal would make sense. I I could get into Mike Evans. The, the sneaky interesting name he put in there and he kind of snuck it at the end. Yeah, I like Tyler Boyd for them. I, I he's older. He's I'll not worry, that old. He's my, yeah, Tyler Boyd. He's like thirty. I don't think so.
1: He is. Tw- he's twenty eight. Yeah. I don't he, know. There's a lot of, I feel like there's not you know, he's had a lot of money. He's got
3: he He reminds me a lot of Jacoby Myers. Yeah. In in that sense, and if if they like let's say they found a way to move on from Juju Smith Schuster, but they still want that kind of player. Yeah. I don't think you taught you signed Tyler Boyd and your wide receiver room is fixed. But if it was like Mike Evans and Tyler Boyd. Okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne or Tyler Boyd? Kendri uh ugh. It's tough because of the knee. Fully yeah. healthy Kendrick Bourne.
1: Yeah. Because that that that's
3: the player. So basically. if 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 you feel like like Kendrick Bourne's knee like isn't there, yeah. if they were to come out with Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, Demario Douglas, yeah. It's a good group. It's that's right. a good group. I'd rather go younger. Like I'd rather just
1: pay for T. Higgins. But I, 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 know, I it's not my money, so I know. Yeah, I also
3: just day. well this is more it's like the second signing. Yeah. Like I don't think you're not signing Tyler Boyd instead of t higgins you're signing mike evans instead of t higgins yeah. in this situation okay. um we got one more call, okay. and i want to get going yep. here
1: uh claire is in the uk what's up claire
2: hi evan hi alex and maureen hey, hello hey. i thought i'd ring in because you were complaining that you didn't have women callers uh, awesome. <laughs> i thought i'd be one i know <laughs> objective <laughs> question <All> right, <laughs> we got to ask there.
3: now that what time is it there
2: Oh, I see. I, I'm not. I can't be as good. It's only like uh, quarter to four in the afternoon, so it's like not really nothing special
3: here. That's so cool. I mean, three in the morning. No I mean, offense that, to Claire, but that's
2: yeah. I can't get the accolades that he had. No yeah. way. <laughs> I what? can't compete. It's just it's just the afternoon. What you got? Well. Firstly, Evan, thank you very much for doing a clever perspective yesterday. And of
1: course. On the
2: back of that, I did send an email in, um, because you seemed very disappointed that I didn't have a tight ended question. That's so true. So obviously I've thought of one. So I tried to drop an email but with the time and stuff, I thought I'd give it a quick call in, especially after you sort of seem to want female callers. So <laughs> whilst Brown is quickly becoming a steal for the pictures, and like his skill set is evolving and I am really quite excited by him. How can the Patriots utilize slash use Gasecki more than they are now? What what is their key? Tell them because I'm I was ecstatic by the signing going into the season. And as you know, I just really want to see him more. So I'll take it off there. Thanks, guys. Great Th- day.
1: Thanks, Claire. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Uh so I what I have liked about the usage with is, And the tight ends, and I should mention, Farrell Brown didn't practice yesterday uh, with a back injury, so this might all be— Best receiver,
3: best tight end of football corner, PFF. No qualifiers. Yeah, this
1: might be moot. Uh, Okay. But what I do like about what they've been doing is when they've been playing 12, you know, two tight ends on the field at the same time, it's been Faro Brown as the inline guy with Gasicki or Henry, yeah, instead I, of Gasicki like and Henry together because clearly those two guys can't block together, right? It's just two weaker blockers on the field at the same time, and it's not going to work. So Pharaoh Brown is now out there as like the hand in the dirt inline guy that allows them to use Gasicki and Henry as more of the detached, you know, move piece at tight end, uh, which I really like. Uh, in terms of Gasicki specifically, well, one, uh, if it, they need to get in the red zone because yes. that's like let's get the ball into the red zone and, and actually use, and use the red zone threat yeah like they did against buffalo to to win the game you know that would be a step one a uh, step two i think what has been disappointing is uh, the lack of like seam and and crossers to gasiki gasiki uh, is not he's not like a sudden route runner. Like he's not like a guy that's going to break you down and, and make moves at the top of the route to get open. He's a straight line speed, like explosive type of tight end. And then obviously, you know, plays above the rim. So I would, you know, I was really hoping, and I think we saw it a little bit in camp.
3: Don't you feel like we did like the seam shots yeah. and things like that Yeah, that's to him. what we thought was. Remember we, we had the whole conversation about who's going to stretch the field and yeah. I said Mike Kosicki up yeah, the seam.
1: Yeah, and they just haven't really gotten into that very much. So that, that's what I would like to see. Uh, Morgasicki up the seam a uh, play action and then have him be the guy that's like running behind the linebackers whether it's up the seam it's a crossing route because I think he's the fastest guy of the three and I think he's probably the best guy well I don't know I, I take back best guy after the catch because Pharaoh Brown has just been an absolute you can't tackle Pharaoh Brown you just have to hold on for catch. dear
3: life and wait for him yes yeah, yeah,
1: so I won't say that but he's definitely the most explosive in a straight line uh, before the catch out of any of these guys so that stretch the field a little bit with Kasiki. that's where I would go with that so we have uh 10 minutes I, was, I wanted to do uh, almost uh 20 minutes on on the commander so we have to do, condense this to 10 minutes uh so I have two things about the commanders I want to talk about in terms of this game and in terms of the big picture uh let, you want to start offense defense which one offense for patriots or sorry oh uh, I, I don't know pick one man okay offense for the commanders I really really like Eric Bieniemy. I like what he's dialing up Sam Howell, Sam Howell sticks. Okay,
3: he's not very good.
1: Sam Howell holds the ball forever. Uh, he can't. Every time you move him off his spot, and he has to reset and throw, the ball uh, goes all over the place. Like he's like, there's like wide open wide receivers down the field, and they're like digging out grounders because he all because he had to move a little bit to his left, right. So Sam Howell's not very good. Their offense statistically is not very good. They're like 26th in the league in DVOA. I'm not trying to tell you that that he's like turning you know water into wine completely, but he's brought the Andy Reid playbook to Washington. And there's a lot of fun scheme stuff going on in Washington right now, and their receivers are actually pretty good. Like I think Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson can play. Logan Thomas is a decent receiving tight end. Uh, I I had some fun. To, Samuel. I had some sneaky fun watching this Commanders offense. They they do a lot of things that put defenses in binds from a pass game perspective, and they chuck it, man. I mean they're they're first in the league in dropbacks. Uh, they're fourth in the league in early down pass rate. Uh, they throw the ball and they throw it a lot. And, and I like that. You know I like that. That's an analytics thing. And
3: what's what's really interesting about it is they have five players with more than 20 catches and eight players more with more than 100 yards this season. Yeah. They're spreading that thing out. It's not, I mean, and, and Bill kind of talked about this yesterday. When We were asking about McLaurin. He's like, McLaurin's good, but they, they'll get the ball to the other guys, too. This is not an offense that's funneled through one spot. Yeah. And that... For a team that has the injuries on defense like the Patriots, especially in the secondary, that can be tough. Everybody's got to show up. You're going to need Jack Jones in this game. You're going to need John Jones in this game. Yeah, uh, you're going to need whoever the third corner ends up. JC Jackson in this game. I don't know. I just blanked on that. So like, I'm I'm across the board.
1: I'm worried about this game from a uh, from th- that standpoint because uh, defensively for the Patriots, the, the enemy is running the system that the Eagles beat the Patriots with in the Super Bowl yeah. that the Chiefs always put points up against the Patriots with whether it was Nick Foles, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, you name it that that Andy Reid tree is it was able to find winners against the Patriots and that that's the thing is like i think when you say oh with the chiefs like obviously they gave up points to patrick mahomes i mean big whoop but like nick Foles also went up and down the field on you in the super bowl right so it, th- this is a, a defense that or an offense excuse me um that eric b is gonna I think call the game a lot like those past games, and he's going to have all those beaters ready to go. They run a lot of mesh, which Josh McDaniels did against in in that Raiders game. He had you know Michael Mayer running wide open away from man coverage. Like there, there's going to be some problems that they're going to present for the Patriots defensively, and I, I think if you're the Patriots defense you're going to have to do some things that the not expecting you to do from a coverage standpoint. Like if you just sit in man coverage uh, in your post safety zone, the whole game, he's going to have all that crap ready to go. Like wheel routes to the running backs mesh, uh, you know, flooding the deep part of cover three. Like that, that's what that team does. That's what that, that offense does. That scheme has done against the Patriots and, and the Pats are going to be in, in trouble if they just run it basic and uh, they're going to have to, uh, hi Paul. Uh, they're they're going to have to do, they're going to have to do it uh, differently. I think maybe I want Paul to come
3: ask you about guards.
1: Maybe do it a little bit differently. We do we argue about that enough on pu. I know. Uh, on the other side of the oh, really quickly on Biennemi. Yeah. Next head coach, I, he's he'd be on my short list. He'd be like, on my too. The
3: external guys for me are, I know Vrabel's like not super realistic, but I yeah, just, uh, him. I don't know if Biennemi's realistic either. Just, ben Ben Johnson, Eric Biennemi. That's like off. Those would be the top three guys off the top of my head.
1: I would I would be. Really cool with Eric Bena me being here. If that was the the way they went, now is it realistic? Is it you know? No, not really.
3: But I I'd be cool. Well, with it. I'll I'll say this. If if there is an argument for it happening, clearly teams aren't over the top about hiring him for reasons that you know are, yeah. are out there. But. Yeah. It's maybe Washington changes it, and he has more of a market than he did in the past. But he clearly hadn't had much of a head coaching market. So I don't know. I mean, look, like I said, I, I don't. He should have a market, but yeah. he does it. If no other team wants him, it's like great, fine, take him here then. Yeah,
1: like I said, statistically, their offense is not anything special. But when you watch the film and you watch the scheme and you watch the conflict and then you also watch, you know, how he's made Sam
3: Howell like okay. Well, that would be the thing. You you say it's not statistically exceptional. What happens if you put in An upgrade over Sam Howell, right? Quarterback. Oh, I I, And if the commanders can
1: pull that off, which I think they're going to try to, because they just traded their two best. No, they're going to be. When
3: I said before, like you know, it doesn't matter where you're picking. If you want the guy at three, you move up. You take him three. They're going to be one of the teams that's doing that.
1: Drake May in that offense would be, would be something. That would be
3: something. Caleb Williams in that offense, yeah.
1: But that eleven to one is like a like if that's where they're picking. And now maybe the bottom falls out because they traded those guys. But or maybe
3: Caleb Williams stock keeps falling. Yeah. I'm you saying, know. like, if I'm Caleb Williams, that's where I want to go because that's the comp. Yeah. That's the comp is Patrick Mahomes. And and, and if I'm me, if he falls beyond one, I'm clamoring to get up to two to get him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, really quickly on the commander's defense. Obviously, they just traded
3: their two best edge rushers. And, and they still have two of the best defensive front players in the league. So that's where <laughs> I was going.
1: Uh, this game, from that point of view, uh, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen petrify me in this yeah. game. Uh, Jonathan Allen against Cole Strange is a mighty mismatch, a huge, huge mismatch in the commander's favor. And uh, that one concerns me because those two guys are also more, like, power, long, uh, physical players. Like, they're not necessarily get-off guys. Like, they're more like push-the-pocket and compress-the-pocket guys. I, I'm trying hard to find a world where Mac Jones doesn't have Jonathan Allen in his lap the entire game. Like, I, I right. just... I don't really see how that doesn't happen, <laughs> so that that's troubling. Uh, I, we had an emailer that emailed it and said like maybe this is a game where Anwenu is actually better off at guard just because of that matchup and like you you know I'm not as worried of, about the tackles. My guess is or you know the ends. Um, my guess is is that they'll probably stick to the continuity and try to keep building with with Onwenu at tackle, but it's sound reasoning because that's where they're in trouble. In this matchup. I think, you know, the commander's pass defense is like 31st in the league in DVOA. Uh, They're down near the bottom of the league in scoring defense, which is why they traded those guys and are kind of, you know, aborting mission on that whole defensive line load up on the D line strategy. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes has
3: been benched and has been awful. A shocker. Uh, One thing that we were very right about. the thing when we consensus on a draft pick we yeah. usually end up being right there's not many guys that we both agreed on being hit that weren't hits yeah and them. so uh yeah
1: uh so that that's a this past defense can be had yeah and uh, you mentioned pop douglas getting more attention against miami i think in this matchup this is the first time i was trying to go back and remember the last time that i wrote a Patriots receiver in key matchups, having an advantage over a defense, right? Like, I don't even know. I can't remember the last time I thought that to my, but I think pop Douglas against the interior players, you know, the linebackers, the slot corners of the commanders is a mismatch. I think that pop Douglas should win that matchup. But, but, are they going to be able to keep Mac Jones upright? Maybe it's so quick that it won't matter. But in retrospect, it's I am very worried about De'Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen up the middle on this Patriots offensive line. And it's going to be a, a nice test for Strange, who I, I admit I've kind of given up on. And uh, City So. Like, let's see if City So can hold up as well. Uh, it's a good matchup for them. It'll be fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with all that. I just think, again, you can put up points on this defense if somehow, if they can contain Jonathan Allen to Payne. Yeah. They should be able to move the ball. Yeah. See if they can do it.
1: All right, uh, that does it for us. Uh, P.U. is up next, so don't go anywhere. We're going to start P.U. here in a few minutes. But uh, for Alex, I'm Evan Lazar. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.
4: Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen.